Welcome back to the Cape Verse Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Thomas, and today we have another special guest co-host person <laughs> because Seb is still unavailable. Uh, today we're joined by Louis. <laughs> Say hi, Louis. Hello. Hi, guys. I'm not to be confused with the Hawkeye expert or, um, or the, or the Marvel Eternals Universe expert. expert. They're, <laughs> they're different, they're different Louis. Com- you're, you're completely, completely different, separate entity. Completely different Louis, yeah. No relation whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today, you're, uh, you're a Dark Knight trilogy expert. Yeah, yeah. I'm a man of many hats. Not Eternals and Hawkeye, but I, 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 will be, I, will be, I will be an expert that comes on in the so, so what are your other hats other than the, uh, the other one, other than the Dark Knight trilogy? For, rumor has it, um, I am actually a Robert Pattinson uh, expert and critic, so maybe if we have a... Really? Have another... really? What's <laughs> yeah. your favourite Twilight movie then? Oh, it's got to be New Moon. New Moon? The was fact that, that you actually that... knew the name of a Twilight <laughs> film, I'm quite impressed. Is there Eclipse? What is Eclipse, right? Eclipse, I, I, Moon? I, I only know because I a, a, po- a, a podcast I listened to was doing a breakdown of them. But they, they said it was going to be a breakdown of the Dark Knight trilogy, and it turned out to be Twilight. But this this will be a breakdown of the Dark Knight trilogy. This isn't Twilight. This is Christopher Nolan's Batman movie. <laughs> Um, however, before we get into that, I thought it'd be fun to do like a quick little breakdown about the state of Batman before Christopher Nolan took over. Because yeah. <laughs> I um, do you know much about where Batman was before these movies? I mean, maybe behind the scenes, not. But I, I, I like I've I've seen I've seen the majority of the films, and I know that it was progressively getting a bit more wackier or weirder. Do you know what I mean? Uh yeah, um, because <laughs> uh, uh the the movie that preceded Batman Begins was Batman and Robin, which yeah. is often considered <laughs> the worst Batman movie ever. You know what? You go back, you watch it. It's a little campy. It's a little goofy. Like it's it's stylized in a specific way. It's it's fine. You know he the director has apologized for creating that movie. He's like, I'm really sorry. If no one liked it, I'm really sorry. Like the fact that he's come out and apologized, (laughs) I'm at peace with that film now. But that movie, um, like I said, it was the last movie before Batman Begins, and it starred George Clooney as Batman, (laughs) and it had the bat nipples and all that stuff. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Arnold Schwarzenegger as uh, as Mr. Freeze. Which I loved. I I, I liked that they used him. I think it's, it's excellent to see a villain like that. He's genuinely one of the best bits of that film. I love the scene <laughs> where he's in Arkham Asylum and he says, "My name is Freeze. Learn it well." Like I love that little speech he gives because it is—it's very goofy, it's very campy, it's very theatrical, um, very Batman sort of, almost Adam West Batman. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it, it yeah. does have those. It's like if Adam West's Batman and Tim Burton's Batman had sex and then had a child that's what joel schumacher's batman would be because it has a lot of the gothic architecture of tim burton's but with some of the silliness of adam west yeah but obviously at the time it, it wasn't it wasn't received very well and the franchise was tanked they thought there was like no commercialability <laughs> you know, left dead. in it yeah <laughs> and they you know it's, it's why they kind of turned away from it 
there was no Batman movie for a long time. It's it's doing the clicking thing again. Sorry, that was my computer. <laughs> I'm trying to. I was, Wait, I was. Is that what that clicking? Do it again. Is that it? Is that what it's been this whole time? <laughs> okay, it's actually me using my computer. But sorry, the whole reason because right. I typed right. in Batman films just quickly. <laughs> I typed in Batman films, and one of them came up, and it was Bat F X X X. So Bat Fuck D Night Parody. And just, it's a Batman porno. It's <laughs> fantastic. Well, it's it's good that we've now figured out that that annoying noise that's been going on this whole time. That I that the reason we're so late is because I was like, well, we need to stop. How do we stop doing that noise? It's just you clicking on your computer. <laughs> it's, it's good to know. Clicking a button. That's it. Um, anyway, Doctor Freeze. Yes, Adam West. Mister Mister Freeze. Mister Freeze. Isn't he a doctor? He is a doctor. He is a doctor, but his supervillain name is Mr. Freeze. That's ridiculous. (laughs) I think originally his name was Mr. Zero. And Uh, it got changed to Mr. Freeze. because I think it was either a change in the comic. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It went went over viewers' heads. That's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's not important for this podcast. But what is important is the fact that because the franchise was dead, Christopher Nolan, who in the early 2000s was kind of like a newcomer by this point, um, the movies that you don't actually have them on my shelf, I can use as a reference, <laughs> a use for buying all of them. By this point, he'd done uh, his kind of independent feature film following. He'd done Memento, which was like a big indie hit. And he'd also, his first movie for Warner Brothers was a remake of a Norwegian film called Insomnia. Which is kind of like when people talk about Christopher Nolan movies, that's like the one you won't really hear about. Um, trying to get a copy of it on Blu-ray was also kind of difficult. I had to get one from like Norway and part one in. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a good film, but it's it's not one of his big movies that has like a big gimmick or anything, you know. Like so, it, it didn't really get like advertised as much. Um, it's one of the few ones I, was I get- actually haven't seen from from him either I, purely because i don't really hear much about it um <laughs> and it is good it's like it has a small cassie that's got al pacino and robin williams wow good cast and really Pretty well done massive. yeah it's, it's a it's a and it is a good film um but that i think those are the movies that basically got him he was able to do a franchise and he had a concept for batman but because Batman had been tanked, it wasn't seen as this high property. Did you click your button again? I'm so sorry. I figured out a way to not do it, and then I've been <laughs> trying to do that, but I forgot. So I'm sorry. I will. You I will. cannot. I need you to pay full attention to this. Stop clicking <laughs> things. It, you have no, no idea I'm, I'm how I'm looking at it. Batman things. I'm looking at Batman things. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Batman Well, look things. at them quietly, Louis. Look at them quietly. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but anyway. yeah, so... um. Uh, basically he, he, Christopher Nolan had this idea for Batman and it was heavily inspired by uh, by year one it's early days Batman and he's learning all mm-hmm. this stuff and also inspired by kind of like the the sort of the mystical past of Batman I suppose because in, in Batman Begins we have our first on screen appearance of Razzle Ghul and Razzle Ghul's a big yeah. Batman character who whose family, you know, because he has two daughters, Talia Ghul and Nissa, 
they've both I, I don't know if it's Nissa or Al Gore because I think it's complicated anyway it doesn't matter uh, he, he has daughters and all of those characters have been hugely important to the Batman character in the comics uh, I mean fucking hell Batman's son in the comics Damian Wayne is the grandson of Ra's al Ghul. Uh, excuse me there we go. There's a reaction I was expecting. Excuse me? <laughs> I, I it so again. Uh, because in the comics, Talia al Ghul is uh-huh. like one of Bruce Wayne's big love interests. Oh. And Talia al Ghul gets pregnant with Bruce Wayne's kid and trains him right. from a very young age to be a ninja. And then she sends Damien off I can't remember how it plays out in the comics, but basically it ends up where, where he, I think he's sent to go kill someone in Gotham or maybe to like take out his dad or some shit like that or just to learn about his dad. I can't remember. I've not really read a lot of Damian Wayne's stuff. But it basically ends up with him becoming the new Robin. And now he's like, he's got his own, he's got like the Super Sun series where he teams up with Superman's son and all this stuff. And he's, um, I mean, perfect combination. But anyway. Yeah, and the whole thing is that Batman and his kin are destined to become the demon's head, the head of the League of Shadows, the League of Assassins, as it was called in the comics. Not like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they brought that back in Batman Begins, didn't they? Exactly, and that's the thing. Batman Begins really like went into the deep roots of how Batman yeah. became Batman because despite the fact that we've seen Bruce Wayne's parents get shot like a thousand times and next week we're seeing the batman so we're gonna <laughs> again. see it again they're gonna put well, it in i fucking know it do they, they put it in like... joker they put it in the batman <laughs> yeah but do you reckon they'll put the pearls do you reckon because like that is like will oh, they put yeah, the pearls I, in they're, or will they're, they just do it as like a we should make up little bingo cards for what we think is oh, going to be in the batman what we think is going to be in the batman yeah we'll take a shot every time he's we'll like martha <laughs> Martha, <laughs> Thomas, Martha. We have to. I'd like to point out that the Razzle in the film when they introduce Razzle Ghoul it's <laughs> the reason why basically he doesn't think that it's Razzle Ghoul is sheer racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, now it's not, it's not just sheer racism. Because when he turns up, he introduces himself as Ducard. Ducard, like, I'm Ducard yeah. but I speak yeah. for Ra's al Ghul. However, when they present Ra's al Ghul, he's like this Asian stereotype. <laughs> he's like this wise mystic in the mountains. And you can only speak yeah. to him if you bring him this rare flower and all this stuff. Like, it is very... <laughs> He's it's even the got the moustache. Of... He's got the moustache. <laughs> the little uh, Fu Manchu, Fu Manchu. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And see, that's the thing. That's... That's the reason why in Doctor Strange, the Ancient One was changed to a, a white woman. And a lot of people were like screaming whitewashing, but it was because Marvel were trying to avoid a stereotype. Yeah. And then yeah. if you see Shang-Chi, they, they realize that, oh no, you can do powerful ancient Asian characters without being a stereotype. Because Wen Wu, <laughs> yeah. the Mandarin, isn't a stereotype. And he has a whole scene where he talks about kind of racist stereotypes in in yeah. media because he was like they they based this guy off me and called him the mandarin that's a fucking orange what are they talking about so <laughs> like marvel had a lot of you know learning to do when it comes to asian stereotypes whereas yeah. christopher nolan was like nah fuck it we're going all in and we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna make raz al ghul the most hard. stereotypical asian warrior ever like he's just 
Uh, and it's just not even that. Oh. And like even like at the end, they give him like, like because that actor I forget his name, which is terrible of me, but he's been in a couple Christopher Nolan movies. He was the he was the benefactor in Inception, the one who hires them to do the Inception job. Yes. Um... I forget, I forget the actor's name. I'd ask you to Google it, but you'll you'll click really loudly. <laughs> I'm trying to do it as quiet as I can. I've got the cast up for Batman Begins here. I'm going to have a look. Don't hurt me. Um, well, is it Ken it. Watanabe? Yes, it is Ken Watanabe. Yes, that's his name. <laughs> but Ken Watanabe... How, like he how has, silent like... is that? Can we just... <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but he, Ken Watanabe. He, he has like an accent. But in the film, they make him do this really over-the-top where he's like, you must go to Gotham. <laughs> like, it's so... it's It feels like... I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that was probably really offensive for me to do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping it. <laughs> but, yeah. It's such a very, like, over-the-top accent. And then when you find out yeah. that that wasn't Razal Gore, that was just some guy Ducarded, I know, hired. Like, what did he <laughs> so say to him? Words. Was he like, right, you just need to really like lay it on thick. I need you to pretend that you're this ancient warrior. Like, just... Like, what if that guy actually sounded like, oh, so I can just use my normal voice, right? No, no, no. I need you to do a really racist accent for me, please. I, I really... need you to sound the way that we're going to make you look. No, you can't just... I know you're from the south of England, but you can't use that voice. I'm sorry, it won't work. But he, he won't know anything about me. Yeah, but I'm going for a whole vibe. There'll be incense and, and weird bat We're going to make him bring a flower. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean you're going to make him bring a flower? I've planted these flowers. He wants, I'm going to make him go find them. Like, I've got this whole thing. It re- I really... I need They're you to make even... this work for me. They're not even native to this place. They're not even going to be like growing. They're just going to be stuck into the ground. Like, <laughs> there's no roots attached. Just shoved into a hole. That's. <laughs> I'm going to nail them to a rock. I hope he won't notice. He probably won't. Um, also, we're going to move our whole facility to a weird mountain region. I just need that. Aesthetic. What do you mean we're moving to a mountain? We're going to find a weird village in the middle of nowhere that no one would ever live in, and he's going to pass through that village to get to us. And then some guy's going to say something random to him. Does that sound good no. to you? No, it doesn't sound good. It sounds racist. <laughs> it sounds really racist. We're based in Germany. Why do we have to leave this place? Like, nobody's going to come here. We're not that like, far away. There's like three Asian people who work for this. this um, and most of us were born in London. What are you doing? Why, why are you making us do this? <laughs> But yeah, so I, I yeah, but that <laughs> that was a it really struck me. Re- really, sort of made me like I was a bit like, oh, two thousand and five, man. <laughs> but to be fair, that whole kind of aesthetic that he's going for, that kind of like ninja warrior, you know, lone survivor. Yeah. Yeah. That w- it, you know, this is the first Batman movie that really focused on Batman. Um. A, a common thing with Batman movies in the eighties and nineties was that it was a it was, the movie was about the villain. The villain was the key star, um, to the point where like car- people like Jack Nicholson and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger would be oh, they'd have top villain on the movie. Um, that like Arnold was listed before George Clooney, Jack Nicholson was listed before Michael Keaton. 
Um, oh, wow. And like the other movie, like, like Riddler, Jim Carrey's Riddler, um, you know, Dan DeVito's Penguin, they were kind of like the focus of the film, and Batman was almost like a secondary character. And his origin had never really been explored. You never found out why he became Batman in those early movies, which are supposed to all be connected. Uh, the Flash Wait, is going to retcon that. Yeah, wait, wait, George wait. Clooney is supposed to be Michael Keaton's Batman. Fuck off. You're, you're lying. It's a, it's a, no, it's supposed to... Alfred stays the same. It's the same actor who plays Alfred. So the idea was that... Because this is, this, this is why Batman Begins is so important. Because Batman Begins really was the first big reboot of a franchise. That had never really happened. Reboots are all the range these days. But it used to be that you would just swap an actor out. You like fucking Batman Wait, kept getting swapped out. James Bond kept kept getting swapped out. Spider Man was going to get swapped out originally. Tobey Maguire was going to get replaced by Jake Gyllenhaal. But oh, Batman I mean, Begins. I would be mad about that. But... Yeah, same. But Batman Begins was supposed to be uh, a reboot, but at the same time, it was also a prequel. So was that? Just quickly. The, Oh yeah, go for it. So, have you seen um, for the Batman, Batman and Robin? What, what are those? Because I've never properly seen the film all the way through. I've seen like bits of it. What the fuck is that blue and silver armor they had on? <laughs> um, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm pretty. It makes no sense because they have this. Um, I think it's like the final battle. Batgirl mm. gets her suit on, right? She gets her Batgirl suit, and then she goes to like do Batgirl stuff. And then there's a bit where, like, she, I think she says Batman and Robin, and then, like, they defeat Poison Ivy or whatever, and it's all good. And now they have to go and defeat Mr. Freeze. And then, like, the camera, like, I, I'm pretty sure it's, like, fucking the very next scene, they're just in blue and silver gear, and it's never explained where it came from. They're just in, like, ice tactical gear, whatever. <laughs> Which was just, it's as, like a just big... as if the as, as if the viewer is meant to know the change was <laughs> exactly. necessary, and it's um it was a big thing in the comics where Batman would have basically have like a a new costume for every situation, um, which is kind of played on in in Watchmen where Night Owl has like his his frost mode and his scuba mode, and then even mm, in the Lego Batman yeah. movie he's got like a big like he's got all these different costumes for different um, yeah. Like the like the Robin costume is actually his Rasta costume or whatever. Uh, <laughs> like there's, it, it's kind of like a common thing. So they sort of played on that in Batman and Robin, but it just comes out of nowhere. It literally, it's like the camera cuts away, cuts back, and they're in ice gear. But you know, whatever. This is and this anyway. is what I'm talking about. <laughs> the the state of Batman was so comical that that Christopher Nolan wanted to really pull it back. He wanted to focus on the Batman character and explain his origins which is why the movie was called Batman Begins. And that naming convention links up with the previous four Batman movies. You had Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever. So Batman Begins lines up more with that stuff. And because it was explained in his origin, and because this was at a time where actors would just get swapped out willy-nilly and no one gave a fuck, Mm -hmm. when Batman Begins came out, it technically was a prequel. Same way that Casino Royale was technically a prequel for James Bond because it was explaining the origin, but it was during this time period where are you are you like blowing an airbed up or something? No. Are you like lift, Are you like are you raising I, your chair? 
No, so what happened? I had my head, I had my hand over my mouth, so that like I might have breathed into the mic by accident. Oh, maybe, maybe. It sounded like you were, you know, when you've got like um, you've got like a foot pump, and you're mm-hmm. blowing something up with a foot pump. It sounded like that. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded exactly like that. <laughs> right, shit. Anyway, as you were saying. Uh, but yeah, so because it was at this time period, what you're doing it again? What? I'm generally not doing anything now. Are you scratching? No, I'm, I'm. Oh, that. Yeah, what is that? Oh, that's me moving my mouse on my computer. Stop playing with your fucking, fucking computer. <laughs> I was looking. At, Everything I was looking you at do Batman in that computer is so fucking loud. <laughs> I don't know how though. Like this is. I'm trying to be so. Anyway, continue. I'll, I'll stop looking at the. <laughs> I was just looking oh, through Batman and Robin God. stuff. <laughs> Everything so you sorry. like click and press is like the loudest thing ever. It'd be funny if none right. of this comes in the recording. Like you can't hear a single thing. <laughs> um but yeah, so because this was at like a time period where, you know, you just replace an actor but it would still be considered mm. the same character. I mean Bond has been recast like a hundred times. And it would always yeah. be seen as the same character. You know, um franchises would swap out directors but it would it was always seen as like the continuity would stay the same, even though maybe the actors changed, the directors changed, the people behind the scenes have changed, the franchise would just stay the same. And Batman Begins was the first time where that really, it was a reboot. Yeah, at the time mm-hmm. it could have been seen as a prequel. I mean, continuity-wise, it wouldn't really line up or whatever. No. Because it's the same kind of suit, the big rubber neck and all that shit, because it's explaining yeah. how he got where he was and how him and Jim Gordon got to know each other. You could watch that movie and then watch Batman, and it would still kind of make sense, you know. Not oh, the really. '89 Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Not really, but kind of, and that was that was the idea was that like it was it was a reboot and a prequel at the same time, but that movie changed how people made movies and how people approached cinema. It it, it sort of reaffirmed what continuity was and canon and all that <laughs> crap, and. Uh, that movie is also sort of indirectly responsible for the state of DC movies as a whole. Uh, in which way? Well, uh, because that movie rebooted everything to be dark, when it came around to doing uh, Man of Steel again yeah. and doing Superman, they were like, well, nice. Batman was successful because Batman was dark, so Superman has to be dark. And then because people reacted so negatively to a dark Superman in Man of Steel and yeah. BBS. That's what led them to butcher Justice League. And because they butchered Justice League, that led them to kind of just throw shit at a wall for like five years. Which is why we got fucking Wonder Woman 84 and all that crap. So my question to that then would be, do you think that Christian Bale's Batman would have been a viable option to put with Henry Cavill's Superman? Or do you think that that was the correct choice to go for, um, what's his face, Affleck? Um, I think... I think it's it's the secret third option where they should have gone... <laughs> that I think it was the right call for, to go for Affleck because Christian Bale's Batman doesn't fit in the kind of heightened world of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And this yeah, is something yeah, that yeah. we'll talk about in the next two films. And we should focus on... We should focus back up about anyway, the but, but No, keep going. But, no, keep no, going but the, yeah. Um, but I think what they should have done... Between Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, they should have let Zack Snyder direct the Batman movie he clearly desperately wanted to direct. Yes. yes. Ben Affleck should have had a Batman movie about the death of Robin between Man of Steel and BVS. Uh-huh. 
and then BVS could have teamed the two up. They come See, into it's, conflict. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because as you were saying your point, like just just before you got to the point about actually giving Batman's own film, I was thinking, what would my opinion be? And literally the first thing popped in my head would be, I like the fact that Bale's Batman had been built built up via the uh, like actual backstory and to why exactly. he, where he is and rather than just a random character. But I don't like the fact that Affleck has just been put in. So yeah, I, I think if you had if you had a movie either maybe touching on a little bit of his backstory, but then that's been done a lot. And then but I think definitely focusing on Robin and why he is the way that he is in the Justice League films and BBS. And this is this is I was I was gonna save this for later on, but if you look at the kind of <laughs> you get a trajectory early. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh but if you look at the trajectory of Bale's Batman over the course of these three films, as we'll as we'll we will get to. I promise, we will get to. Eventually, by, by, <laughs> by the end of by the end of the Dark Knight Rises, he is a lot older. He's a lot more experienced as being Batman. He, he, like he passes the mantle on. He, he settles down with Catwoman, and the idea of Ben Affleck's Batman was that he'd pa- he'd he tried to train someone, but they'd been killed. He tried mm. to settle down with Catwoman, but they were divorced. You were going to find out in Justice League Two. And or maybe the Batman, I can't remember which one, but you were going to find out that he had been married to Selina Kyle and him and Selina Kyle had separated. So all the stuff that Bale's Batman got to do, all the happy ending shit, <laughs> Ben Affleck never got, was the idea. Is that he's a more fair, bitter Batman. To be fair, theoretically, you could cut it that the end of Christian Bale's trilogy, there was a big gap and then... Yeah. Uh, Affleck's Batman came in because Selena Kyle and him still could have been divorced. Um, never had a happy ending. And obviously, Dick Grayson, is it? Or is it... John Blake. Is it? John Blake. Because yeah, they didn't so want to go for a Robin. So I think his his actual name is Robin in that film. Because she goes at the end, she's like, you should use your real name, Robin. And I was like, hang on, so was he like fighting crime with his real legal name? <laughs> Does he introduced himself as I'm Robin. Here's, here's my social security number. <laughs> like, it's what? Batman and Robin Blake. Uh. <laughs> but like, uh, but what I was thinking, what I always thought was the the place that Batman is in, in terms of like as a as a franchise as a character, is he is older. He's given the mantle, you know. He's he's like settled down. He's had a wife. So separate continuity. If Zack Snyder had done a movie about an older Batman with a wife, with a protege, wouldn't be the same continuity, but the general audience would be very understanding of that Batman. Because, yeah, it's not the same guy, but they've seen a Batman grow into an older version of himself. So just seeing a different version of that character as an old Batman, yeah. it wouldn't have been jarring because we'd be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's I, I get it. You know, it's kind of how... People are much more aware of the multiverse now in terms of comic book movies because you've had stuff like Spider-Verse, you know, Into the Spider-Verse, the animated film. You've had the TV show Loki. You've had fucking yes. the, the Flash TV show where the movie Flash and the TV Flash met. Stuff like this has been more common in media where now people are fully capable of understanding that, oh, you can have multiple people play the same character in different universes. The idea of canon is so popular and so well known that DC this year, 
are going to have three separate people play Batman in the movies. You know, <laughs> you've, so you've got Robert Pattinson, you've got Ben Affleck coming back, and you've got Michael Keaton coming back as well. So clearly they're aware that you can have multiple people play the, play the same character. Um, so I think you could have had it where Ben Affleck could have successfully played a version of Batman in his own Batman movie four years after Christian Bale yeah. and play an older Batman who loses a Robin. And that would have that would have negated some of the negativity people had to BVS because BVS wouldn't have to waste time establishing a Batman. they just go, hey, it's Ben Affleck's Batman. Let's focus on the conflict. You know? But that completely unrelated to this we've we've already <laughs> gone on a tangent so what was your let's focus back up and get back on track your opinion on christian bale's batman as a younger batman what do you think as a young as a younger batman I, I like it in a sense of that it shows that he's not clean cut perfect i think he's he's stroppy he's an asshole um mm. And he's a bit of a spoiled rich kid. And I, I, I quite like seeing that as sort of like a younger point of view. But also seeing the sort of like the, the, the pain that he was actually feeling. So I mean, because mm. it sounds softy, but like in a lot of the sort of Batman films, you see him as this hardened killer that's obviously got a lot of issues. But I think. Which he's not supposed kinda, to be. He's not supposed yeah. to be a killer. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that, that, that's moving on to something else. Um, but yeah, I think just it's. Yeah, you see, see him as a hardened had in character but i think actually seeing this the the trouble they had dealing with it when he was a kid and obviously I, again I, I really like the scene um when he's in batman begins when he's about to when he wants to go and kill the guy and the conversation that he has with oh, i forget her name now love interest in the first one uh rachel uh, Dawes. rachel Dawes. uh the conversation that they have in the car and he's like an original character for this film as well rachel Dawes isn't from the comics oh really no, she's, uh, she was a she was original character. I mean, he's he's had a lot of love interest in the comics, but for some <laughs> reason they were like, no, we're going to make a new one for this film. Completely, yeah. They could have picked a name, any name, just an obscure one to add in, but they had to <laughs> had to go yeah, different. I don't, know, I don't know why they but, went for that, but whatever. But yeah, I think it just shows emotion, and that scene, I I like that it sort of ties in the whole thing about like not killing and like waiting for justice, and you sort of see a, a change in his attitude. But even though he does basically kill people, but anyway. <laughs> see but that's the thing like he he does but i think this because ver- i i do think that this film is the most batman focused movie we've ever had mm-hmm. um, oh, i think that will change with the batman but even something like the dark knight the dark knight it's focused on batman's character but it's 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 less focused on him because batman begins was so batman focused so yeah. the dark knight it gives a bit more character to Rachel Dawes, to Harvey Dent, yep. to the Joker. It's a bit more spread out. Whereas this movie, it's a very Batman-focused film. Uh, which Absolutely. is good for a lot of it, but it also means that, and we'll, we'll talk about this later, I think some of the villain motivations are a little underdeveloped. In the first um, one? Yeah, in Batman Begins. Yeah. Yeah. For example, Scarecrow, you have n- there's no explanation as to why Scarecrow's doing the shit he's doing. Yeah. There's <laughs> not really much of a build-up to his character, why he uses the Scarecrow mask. Yeah, like... why he's so obsessed with fear. Because in the comics, he he was obsessed with fear because he was always afraid. <laughs> he was like, he was like uh, what's what's the thing where you're like constantly afraid? 
the condition? Is it agoraphobic or something? Ag- agoraphobic is when you're scared about going outside. Like, like pe- agoraphobic are people that stay in the houses. So I guess that would be fear of everything. But I always thought that was just fear of outdoors. But I guess oh, maybe, same thing. Fuck no, anyway. I, I can't remember. But he, he, in the comics, he was like constantly afraid. I think it's because like his dad was abusive and all this crap as well. Like there's a lot of the Batman characters end up getting given dark backstories because <laughs> during the during the 80s there was that big boom of Batman has to be a dark brooding warrior. So they're like, okay, well that means all all his villains have to be dark brooding warriors. So Calendar Man, who was like a guy in a big cape made of calendars, turned to a serial killer who only killed people on specific holidays. It was, <laughs> everything went darker. I, when I was watching the Batman Begins, obviously for sort of research for this again, I googled Batman just to sort of see, I think, I think it was actors in the film, and it came up with the, the 1949 uh, Batman series, film series it says, and it's just, I, it's just so ridiculous. I think one of the blurbs, I think the whole premise of it is they're trying to capture a wizard, effectively. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm going to see if I can get the blurb up. Um, yeah, there you go. The dynamic duo face off against the wizard, a hooded villain with an electrical device which controls cars and a desire to set challenges for the d- dynamic duo, whose identity remains a mystery to the dynamic duo through, throughout until the end. <laughs> so what they've basically <laughs> said, they've basically said, there's a man that's got control of cars, anybody with a car key, <laughs> that these two people don't know who he is until the end of the film. <laughs> I love, I love fucking old movie trailers because a lot of it was just de- it was like describing the movie, and it'd be like, "There's a big twist coming. Just wait, wait around. There'll be a twist. Don't you worry." It was. Um, I, I don't even know the actors that played. Um... Oh yeah, because there there was there was like old Batman serials. It was the same with. Oh. Uh, with Superman, Robert Lowry, I recognise him. He played Batman. I recognise that then... name because I probably recognise that name from lists of like when people go every live action Batman and they'll have a yeah. list of like including <laughs> yeah. the serial one. Because this was the thing back in the before like TV, what they'd be mm-hmm. is there'd be like weekly uh, cinematic serials where there'd be it would be basically TV but in a theatre, and every week a part of this movie would play in a theatre and you'd have to go to the theatre, you'd pay a ticket and you'd see the next yeah. bit. Same like Flash Gordon, same with Superman. And then those, because those, you know, they'd, they'd play for like a, a few weeks and then like repeat them and stuff. They'd have they'd have them like, like on the theatre, you know, however often they would have them. I don't know. I wasn't alive in the 40s and 50s. <laughs> but then, obviously, when Tom, those Thomas become... Pitch, regular 40s expert here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, when, it, when, they, when those characters became popular, people would take... They'd find, like, the old, like, film canisters. They'd splice them together, and then they'd, they'd put them on the air. So when you watch them now, because you can still find them. You can still... Like, I think the first ever DC movie, technically was a superman serial called superman and the mole people <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> but i think so like bizarre. if you watch it now like every half an hour there's like a big cliffhanger because it, that's how it would have been in the <laughs> yeah. theaters it's um, exactly the same as the old um 
the old Adam West one where it was always the head on it. And I think it was every commercial they'd say, like, yeah. will our daring yeah. crusaders get out of this twist? Will the Joker finally destroy the city? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the first one because, like, I bought the box set and I was like, Louis, I've just bought Batman 66. <laughs> Do you want to watch one? And you come over and you're like, yeah, let's watch one. And the first episode, Batman gets arrested for driving under the influence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Batman's the bad guy. That's like literally... <laughs> Batman gets arrested for DUI. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's like, so... It's so weird, though, because the problem... It, it feels like everything's escalated just because people see more problems now. Like, back then, that was a really big deal. But now it's, like, bank heists and, like, plots to destroy the world. But back it's... then it was, like, oh, we stealing cars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's literally the problem that's explained at the end of this film. I always love that final exchange between Jim Gordon and Bruce Wayne. I love that scene where they're on the rooftop, and Gordon's How like, I "Never said you? thank you." Yeah, he's like, <laughs> "I never said thank you." He's like, "You'll and you'll never have to." And he jumps off the roof. But I love when he's like, because there's there's this long-standing kind of I say debate theory, whatever it is, this topic in Batman comics where it's like, would would all the theatrical villains in Gotham exist? if Batman never existed. And at the end of the Batman Begins, I did it again, the Batman Begins. Um, at the end of this film, there's that comment where he's like, what about Escalation? You know? We carry semi-automatics, they buy automatics. You know? We yeah. start wearing Kevlar, they buy armor-piercing rounds. And that happened in the films. The That's more... They, there's like like movies would come, like superhero movies would come out and they'd have like bigger stakes and the next superhero movie has to come out and they'd be bigger stakes. The reason we have the multiverse is because once you've got a movie where the entire universe is under threat, what's bigger than one universe? Lots of universes, <laughs> thousands of them, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, and it's like that's the the whole. I, I think it's kind of like when you watch superhero movies from the two thousands, there is that kind of quaintness to it where it is such low stakes. Like, this movie is just about Gotham, you know? And yeah. I kind of like that, because I think... And it, it's very cliche to say this in Batman movies, but but Gotham should be a character. And I think in the Dark Knight trilogy, Batman Begins has the most characterized Gotham. Because yeah. you have those gothic elements still. In the I think Dark it was the Knight, underbelly the Rises, that did that. I think it was yeah, the underbelly the, Batman Begins that did what, that, like... What what do they call it? The Narrows. Yeah, I I def a hundred percent think it was that that did that because it really sort of I don't know it, it made it feel like there was like a level below the grime on top. Do you know what I mean? It was like there's it's even lower yeah. and dirtier and yeah. And like that that because also the Narrows had Arkham Asylum, which is the yeah. proper just the fell. You know what's funny though, right? I'm I'm opening up a chocolate. I don't know if you could hear that. But that's what I that can fucking was. hear that from here. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but we watched Smallville, as we've hmm. talked about before on the podcast, and I I remember we were watching an episode, and <laughs> it was they'd gone to Suicide Slums, yeah. which is the Narrows of Metropolis, but because obviously it's Warner Brothers and they have access to the Warner Brothers assets. They just used footage from Batman Begins of Arkham Asylum and the Narrows. Watching and I went, that. holy fuck. I was like, that's from Batman Begins. And you and Lauren were like... I was thinking, wait. Because I was looking at it, I was thinking, that is in something else. And Thomas told me what it else is in, but I can't for the life of remember what it had been copied into. And at the time, it was like, I'd seen it. I was like, oh my God, that's from Batman Begins. And you and Lauren were like, 
the fuck are you talking about? It's in small, what are you talking about? I said, no, I promise you. And I got the footage up, and I was like, look. And I showed you the scene. And all they'd done is they'd, they'd like, flipped the image and color graded <laughs> yeah. it blue. And you guys yeah. were like, oh, my God, it is. It was the same as, like, later on in the, in, in, later on in the series. Lex Luthor has a vision of, like, a nuclear war. And I was like, that's from yeah. Terminator 3. Like, what? I show the footage again. And it's the missiles dropping from Terminator 3. They just <laughs> use yeah. that footage. <laughs> so ridiculous. I, I didn't think TV shows could do that. Just use footage from other, mil- uh, other movies. Like Warner Brothers has no rules. And I think we've seen that in the past <laughs> movies that we've had. Um, what do you think of the villains in this film? Um... Like Razor Ghoul, I think he was done pretty well. Um, I, I, I really liked Scarecrow as a character, but I just don't think they built him up enough. Like I don't think they gave him much of a like you said previously. They don't really they don't really give him much of a motive of mm. why he's there or what he is. They they just because when as a psychiatrist, when you meet him, he's clearly already like fucked. Because <laughs> yeah. he's very like, I'm gonna take them back to my back to my asylum and run my experiments. And it's like, oh, okay, this yeah. guy's this guy's already insane. Quite, and he just clearly whips the... out. He just like whips out a mask from a briefcase, and he's like, yeah. "This is my mask. This is what I use for my experiments." And I'm yeah. like, oh, "Okay, this is as deep them? as we're gonna go." Does <laughs> nobody check the briefcase before he goes in to see patients? I know he's like a high class doctor, but still. You check no, the briefcase. Free reign, baby. Free reign. <laughs> you just do what you want. I feel sorry for the female patients. Um, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, but, I mean, uh, and, and like, also, you don't really get told how he met Razzle Ghoul or how they they what, like they sort of explain the fear toxin. Uh, yeah, because, um, because it's, it's it's that flower, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but like, I don't like, I don't understand why. Scarecrow and Razzlegul are connected. Yeah, because I I guess they would have met when Razzlegul was like infiltrating Gotham, but like why would he pick that one guy to like let in and know his secrets and shit? And, but was, it's also, and was he already it, the Scarecrow then, or was he like yeah, or was he just some random guy? And then when he got the job, he's like fuck, I'm gonna go fill out. I'm going, I'm gonna get myself a mask. <laughs> I'm gonna start like. <laughs> I suppose what's good is the fact that that character is so entertaining to watch that you don't really think about the backstory it mm. is until like further yeah. reflection where you're like oh they don't really explain why he's so obsessed with fear why he's so like crazy and i'm gonna wear a scarecrow mask and i think they do a good job of they have him in his kind of the only time really where he's in full scarecrow mode is when the whole city's hallucinating or at least <laughs> yeah he's on the horse hallucinating. yeah and he has that line yeah. where he's like, there is no crane, only scarecrow. Yeah. I love that I like shit. That. Yeah, it's so good. And then in the next film, he's, he's, he's basically a fucking drug dealer. <laughs> he's, just, he's just some guy selling... He's just some guy selling fucking crack out of a van. <laughs> That's what he's reduced to in The Dark Knight. Wait, um, does he turn up in The Dark Knight? Oh, I didn't realise he did it. He's in the opening scene. Oh, yeah. But see, he's... again... That brings back to my thing. I can't associate them two because, like I've said to you previously, like I didn't know that there was a Batman Begins. I went 14 years after watching both films. Well, sorry, the, the last two, <laughs> and not knowing. And like you turn around to me and say, "Ah, oh, like we're gonna watch all of the Christopher Nolan Batman's." I was like, "Ah, oh, cool." Like it shouldn't take long to watch two of them. You're like, "No, 
<laughs> Normally this We're going to watch all like, his movies. Oh, sweet, all two. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, cool, Thomas. That's fair. But then you brought out this shit and it was it was a game changer. It, it like it explained so much. And I, know, I was, I, I was I, in I awe. Actually, I remember that and you being like, oh, there's another one. Like, yeah, it's it's the first. It's like the origin story of how you became Batman. You were like, oh, I didn't realize that was a thing. Fucking years it took me. I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a fucking but clue. But I, I suppose that sort of, and I think it's a good time like transition into The Dark Knight because The the Dark Knight is often seen as not just DC's best movie, but oh. one of the best Batman and one of the best comic book movies in general. And yeah. I I would say yes, but here's my hot take. I actually mm-hmm. think Batman Begins is a better Batman movie than The Dark Knight. Oh, really? In which way? I think Batman Begins is much more focused on Batman and explaining Batman and being like, here's his cave, his, yeah. his motivation, yeah. his where he gets his skills from, his why he does what he does. And I think what's interesting is Batman 89, like Keaton's Batman, and those four movies kind of in that little that little section... Batman would kill people, and no one gave a fuck. And yeah. if Christopher Nolan's Batman killed people, no one would give a fuck. But the reason why people care so much about Nolan's Batman killing people and Ben Affleck and now Pattinson's Batman is because the Batman begins focused on the no-killing rule. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't stick to it because he does, and I do like that scene, but it is a bit of like you're playing with semantics where he's got Razzle Ghoul on the train. He's like, ah, yeah. you, you still can't kill me. He's like, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to save you. <laughs> like, so, so are you saying if, if we were in a very fast car and like it was my fault that the car was going fast and I cut the brakes and everything. And if I just jumped out and I was like, well, technically I didn't kill him. I just didn't help him. <laughs> Exactly. Does that, exactly. Does, that, does that does that hold up in a court of law? Is that? <laughs> and it, I clearly even he knows he killed him because in in the Dark Knight Rises, uh, spoiler for a twist in that film, I guess. But Razor Ghoul's daughter is like, "You killed my father," and all he says is, "Look, he was going to kill a lot of people." <laughs> he doesn't. He's not like, "No, I didn't. I just didn't save him." He's like, "Okay, yeah, you got me there. Fair enough. He, he was going to kill people. I thought it was the best way to put him down." Um, but there is, there was a lot of emphasis on the no kill rule, and there was a lot of emphasis about his his motivation. Why it was even explaining why he became a bat in the comics. Do you want to know why he becomes Batman? Why? Because he's <laughs> uh, long story short, a giant bat flew through his window. Oh, but does it? <laughs> he's he's does, sat in a chair and he's like making a vow. And he's he's saying that he he wants to fight crime, but he doesn't know how he will fight crime. Like what 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 symbol he could use. And as he's making this vow, a, a bat smashes <laughs> through the window, and he's like, "Yes, I will become the Batman." <laughs> like that's and I that and bad. part of me genuinely thinks Matt Reeves is going to do that in his film. You he's going to like I th- I think I think inst- oh. I think. I think we're going to see the parents die in like a flashback montage and Pattinson's, he's going to be like on his knees, he's going to be bathed in moonlight and he's going to be like what symbol will I take and a bat's going to fly through. It's either that or Twilight will be playing on in the background and he's like, ah, bats, that's what I'll do. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that'd be, so, that'd be so funny. A little nod to Robert Pattinson's Twilight. No, it'd be even better if it's, if, if it's Twilight 
but they've reshot the scenes and instead of Robert Pattinson, it's Henry Cavill. Because Henry yes. Cavill was was the first choice. Was he? <laughs> so he was, yeah. Uh, Stephanie Myers, she wanted Henry Cavill to play um, uh, Edward Cullen. I'm so glad he didn't. I, I'm so glad he didn't I'm either. So I've got so much um, more respect be, for him. <laughs> it would be nice if he was still allowed to play Superman and Warner Brothers weren't cunts, but that's another... Wait, is he, I actually, did he not play Superman anymore? Um, well, it's up in the air. For whatever oh, reason, Warner so Brothers sad. still refuses to use him. Um, I actually had a big rant about this last week on the podcast, oh, if you'd okay, like to well, listen, okay, well, uh, uh, I, I did listen. <laughs> yeah, it's, you, know, it, you know what's great, right? If anyone listens to this podcast... <laughs> All these special guests that I bring on, it's really going to sell the podcast when the, the special guest is going, I don't want to listen. <laughs> I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> Not a single person I brought on is going, yes, I really enjoy the podcast. It's, I'll, maybe. I'll see. I've listened hey, to I the one the I'm on. Hey, hey, I, lo- I love the podcast. What's your favorite episode? Um, the Shang-Chi episode, the one that we did on Disney Plus Day. Yeah, there we go, the one you were on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, do you mean outside of the one that I was on? Okay, but I, I guess it would have to be the Witcher episode. I, oh, really? I really enjoyed the Witcher episode. What was yeah. your favourite point made in the Witcher episode? I think probably my favourite one was when Seb sort of said, oh, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. I think that was probably my favourite point made. <laughs> Fuck you, because yes, he would have said that, but that's fuck you. Hey man, that's 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 my opinion. That's just I guess we'll have to see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I I think Batman Begins is a much more focused Batman story, and I think it, it it's it's got a lot more Batman because he is kind of like invest he's investigate like he does investigate in the Dark Knight, but obviously the gold star in the Dark Knight is Heath Ledger as the Joker. Oh my god! Yeah, there's there's no comparison. Which was expertly teased at the end of uh, Batman Begins. Oh there's yes, that, I... that great scene where he's like, you know, he's like, because he's he's to talk about escalation. He's Leak. like, and you're jumping off rooftops and wearing a mask. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And Gordon's basically saying, look, you're so theatrical and over the top that we're going to start getting criminals that are theatrical and over the top. And he says, look, take this guy, double homicide, armed robbery has a taste of the theatrical like you, leaves a calling card. And it's literally the Joker card. And it's would, such a would... brilliant way to tease it. But what's good I, is it, it also teases Batman's responsibility for these criminals in Gotham. That he, he's, um, he's possibly the cause of the theatrical side of it. Yeah. yeah, which is a theme that I don't think plays up in The Dark Knight very often. No. I would love it, though. If when like he hands him the car, he looks at him and goes, "Card boy, yeah. <laughs> jester man," <laughs> or if he he gets given the card, he turns it over, and it's the Joker, and he goes, "Ah, oh, yeah, I'm not interested. Do you get someone else in this? I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm like really busy right now. <laughs> I'm doing some real shit, not some fucking clown bitch. Like, I you know what? Like, I think I think it's like I think." The Dark Knight is set 18 months after Batman Begins. It's something like that. And at the end of that movie, he's like, I'll look into it. But it's been 18 months and he's still not caught in. What the fuck has he been doing? Like, what was he doing in those 18 months? Because he obviously moved to that bat bunker that they had. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He moved into the penthouse. What was he doing in those 18 months? Was, was Jim Gordon like, look, he's killing a lot of people. Have you got anything? And he's like, oh, well, I was... 
I've got like a, I've got like a lunch tomorrow. Like I want to get like an alarm, early night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, you know, like I've my dog just died, and I just I just need to take a mental health day and just kind of like look. I will Bruce, get to he's it. He's killed a hundred people. He's killed a hundred people and robbed oh, every bank. I, like... We've got to plan a funeral. My house burnt down. Wait, Wayne Manor? No, 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 no. Different house. Different house. No, no, no. I'm not Bruce Wayne. No, it's different house. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! <But> I um, <laughs> I uh, I do think that like the Dark Knight. I like the title. I wish they had ever had it as. I you've got a very good take on the actual naming system, um, but I completely agree with it. I don't think it should have been Batman Begins. It should have continued with Dark Knight, Dark Knight, Dark Knight. Yeah, do you know what I mean. And obviously, it's kind of like retroactive because the dark, you have the Dark Knight, and then it was the Dark Knight Rises. Um, mm. But I do wish that when they were sort of branding it as the Dark Knight trilogy, that they renamed the movies, and you'd have the Dark Knight Begins, the Dark Knight Falls, and the Dark Knight Rises, because that's that's the trilogy. And I think it's why this Batman wouldn't have worked in Henry Cavill's universe because he does have a complete story. Mm-hmm. He has a yeah. complete character arc that is finished at the end of the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, what's also interesting is because this this version of, um, this version of Batman was so grounded and so realistic, it sort of created this way. I remember after the Dark Knight, there was a wave of fan art about the Nolan verse version of Riddler, the Nolan verse Mister Freeze. How would these characters work in that universe? That'd be cool. And. Yeah, and I, what I'm hoping, I suppose this is a little sort of preliminary, oh, what do we expect from the Batman that we'll talk about next week? Yeah. But I hope that that universe doesn't shy away from the supernatural stuff. Okay, like, rather than just being villains that are madmen with bad intentions, it's like... Poison Ivy. <laughs> oh, Man Bat, yeah. Mr. Freeze, characters that have superpowers are not add Catwoman into way. the mystical cat lady like she was in um <laughs> the, <laughs> was, the she old got back to life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know technically oh, um you know that that uh Halle Berry Catwoman film yeah technically oh. that is a sequel to Batman Returns really Batman technically because she has oh, a very okay. similar origin story to Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, which clearly was because that movie was in like development hell for years. Originally, it was going to be a Michelle Pfeiffer spin-off. And then it, it changed so many times that her name isn't even uh, Selena Carroll, it's Patience Phillips. But the little <laughs> workaround, the reason why she's called Patience Phillips is because Selena Carroll existed in that universe. She goes to that, she goes like a mad priest woman. She's like a mad cat lady, and she's like, ah, you've become the Catwoman. And she shows her photos of all these people who've been the Catwoman throughout history. And one of the pictures is Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman from da- from the Batman Returns. So, so technically, Catwoman oh is a sequel to uh, Tim Burton's <laughs> Batman. And it also means that the Catwoman identity is like a weird, like, persona that is passed down from tribute to tribute that's it's horrendous. fucking weird isn't it 
And it's like a mystical, like... It's like a mystical, like, magic power that was, like, oh passed down from the Egyptians or some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You could go so deep into this. <laughs> but, yeah, so I I do... I do, I do uh, going back to The Dark Knight, like, it is, it is an incredibly good film. It is, like, a masterclass in cinema. Um... And I do think that the villains, because not just the Joker, but Two Face as well, is incredibly oh, well done. They they did him incredibly well. Yeah, like it's the the I'm I'm not happy with how they dealt with Two Face at the end of that movie, and it's always bugged me. Um, what by just by just killing him? Yeah, the fact that Batman what, what killed him. What would you have him. done then? What would you have done then with him? I'd have had him in prison, and I would have had him involved in the next film because a big plot point of the next movie and I get why they couldn't but maybe have him in Arkham where he's gone crazy like he's had a complete mental breakdown and I get that like his his death is a big plot point in The Dark Knight Rises where you have Harvey Dent Day, a local holiday because he he was such <laughs> a, a shining knight and all that crap Yeah. but it always annoyed me that he he just becomes Two-Face and then he's killed Yeah, it, I think yeah, I think you're right. It would have been nice to see him in prison, go a little, go a little crazier, and then I don't know. <laughs> I sort of my problem is that I'm I'm looking at it from the point of view that from the from the comics, I want to see the mob boss. Are you scrolling on your computer mouse again? No, I am. I'm don't, sorry. I was looking. At, I, like I was looking. At, I was looking at Batman um, stuff. Like I'm. I'm not like. I'm not like just being distracted. Stop I am scrolling. Actually Stop scrolling stuff. through your Batman gay porn. <laughs> well, like I, 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 need I, to I some sent it to you to look at at a different time, not right now. Let's get some inspiration. Danny DeVito <laughs> and a G string is just. Oh <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. But like in the comics, like Two Face became like a mob boss character. He became. Um, he became a uh... kind of like kingpin. Really. Yeah, kind of. He, he, Joker, Penguin. They would write. They would like fight over territory in Gotham and all that stuff. And and those kind of conflicts are very comic book, very fun to see. And I hope that Reeves kind of, you know, if he, if he plays with those characters in later films, that he does pull on that shit because those kind of like those are the Gotham st- stories I enjoy. And just objectively, the story that they tell with Two Face in this film is really well done you know it's loosely inspired by the long halloween which was kind of the origin story for two-face oh, where okay. he, he in in that comic he sort of gets involved with the mob and they it's acid that gets put on his face and that's what deforms part of his face and this it's the joke is setting fire to him um with brilliant effect but stop scrolling how did you know, man? Because I can. Because it, it is the loudest thing. I you will listen. I'm going to keep part of it in, and you will go back and you will listen to it. I'll fucking will, make you yeah. listen to it, and you'll be able to hear it. If it's <laughs> anyway, in the recording, can you imagine if it's not in the recording? I, I, I'd old. laugh my head off. I would laugh so much. <laughs> anyway, but continue. Sorry, I, I, that was by accident. That was not. Continue. <laughs> that was by accident. <laughs> it was um, like my, my my brain switched off into listening. But. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, so in the long Halloween, there's like a a big plot point is that um, Harvey Dent, Jim Gordon, and Batman are all working together trying to solve this crime. 
and then about two-thirds of the way into the story, Harvey Dent gets scarred by the mob, and he kind of becomes Two-Face. And that's, that kind of relationship between these three men is explored in this film, where it's the three of them all working together, but instead of the mob, I mean, it's kind of the mob as well, but they're trying to take down the Joker. And I think that whole dynamic of seeing these three people working together and then how that dynamic is unfolding into The Dark Knight Rises is really interesting. But to me, there is a disconnect between these, t- these three films because I-, I don't care how quickly you scroll, Louis. I can still hear you. I wasn't scrolling. I could st- I fucking don't lie to I'm, me. I was not scrolling. Don't lie to me. I was you, not did, scrolling. you did a very you did a very quick <laughs> quick scroll and you won't hear it. I'll just do a quick scroll. I can still hear it. I didn't it. scroll. I, didn't, I promise you I didn't scroll. But I continue. Um that dynamic is like played out in this film yeah. I think quite well and as it rolls out into the next movie, you know, I think that works well because you know Batman retires, Jim Gordon has to kind of like live with the consequences and Harvey Dent's death lingers over the city as people think he died for a noble cause that led to organized crime being dismantled. Yeah. Most of Arkham Asylum, people who'd use like the insane play actually getting like reassessed and sent to Blackgate. So Arkham Asylum is like empty essentially, as it's kind of. It, I, there's, there was a there was going to be a scene. I think it was in the in the in the novelization. There was going to be a scene where. Selena Kyle talks about Arkham Asylum and says that the, the Arkham Asylum, because of the, the Harvey Dent Act or whatever it was called, most of those inmates were sent to Blackgate and Arkham Asylum was left empty, except uh-huh. for the Joker. Oh, okay. Uh, well, but they never, but uh, that was left out the film <coughs> because I think Christopher Nolan, after Heath Ledger's death, Christopher Nolan was dead, cautious about how to proceed. Um, so that was actually what I was going to bring up. Um, with obviously Heath Ledger sadly, tragically dying um, after doing The Dark Knight do you think that the trilogy as a whole maybe tried to bring in too many villains? Um, Because from my point of view um, I think it almost feels like the trilogy itself tried to amount to more than just a villain like gets defeated in each movie. I know obviously they have the connection with Razzle Ghoul and the, the the final one, blah blah blah. But it it does feel very much that it should have been with the Joker in the second one. Obviously, tragically, if if Heath Ledger had a not tragically if he had survived, if Heath Ledger had survived, mm-hmm. do you then think if he had been in the third one? Personally, I think it would have been better to include him, keep Harvey Dent's character. But then maybe add one, obviously Selena Kyle still, but maybe try and tailor it more into like an ongoing struggle rather than just oh, at the end of the film, blah blah blah. But Batman's story still continues, but then you don't really get to build on the villain's story as much. Do you know what I mean, I think if if Heath Ledger mm-hmm. had have still been alive, I think if he had have been in the third film, it would have made it. I, I I think it would have felt a lot fuller to me. I don't think. The, yeah, I I agree with that. Because I, I've always kind of seen Batman Begins, the villains in that film are about order and control. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Scarecrow wants to control fear. It's not explored yeah. that well. He he as a character isn't explored that well. But that's kind of what he's trying to do. He's trying to figure out a way to control fear. 
to induce it in other people, to cure it in other people, whatever. He wants to control fear. And Razor Ghul in the League of Shadows are trying to control a population that they see yeah. as out of control. So that first film, the theme was all about order, whereas the second film is all about chaos. Joker is an agent of chaos, which is why they don't get into his backstory. He's like a force of nature. He appears, he turns up in the city, he wreaks havoc, and people follow him because Gotham has been, like, it's been transformed into a chaotic shit pile, essentially, where yeah. everyone is corrupt and everyone's awful. And he can just come in, force of nature, take control of that situation, and just spread chaos. Mm-hmm. And he's fucking, he's blowing up hospitals. He, he's fucking, <laughs> he's attacking banks and burning the money and all that crap. Like, he's just doing whatever. There is a plan there, clearly. Yeah. But the idea is that his plan is to Systematic show madness, people. Really. Exactly. Yeah, that fucking, that everyone's chaotic, that everyone is out of control, really. Yeah. And I think the third film should have tried to present those two ideologies as clashing. Because the, 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 the third film thematically is, is more about like, I, I, I don't know, it, it, it's about trying, it's about perseverance. I suppose yeah. it's about it's about legacy and perseverance. Talia Al Ghul is trying to fulfill her father's legacy. Bane's trying to fulfill the the League of Shadows legacy, um, as well as you know his 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 love interest, his fucking girlfriend or whatever relationship they have, her legacy. And he's also trying to discredit the Batman's legacy. And Batman yeah. is trying to pass on his legacy to someone else, or at least decides to at the end to to pass it on to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. But that that thematically has no relevance to the previous two. Um, yeah, like, and again, I, I think that's that's why it just doesn't feel. It I know obviously it's related, but it kind of doesn't feel related in some ways. It just feels like they wrote an ending for the sake of having an ending, and I think that was largely because Heath Ledger's death left them yeah. having to to scurry into something else. Like because you couldn't recast the act, actor for the role because well one it would it would feel a bit disrespectful and two nobody could have done it close to what he pledged there's there's one guy who i think could have done a a equal enough performance uh, that being said i've Johnny not Depp. gone back and watched it <laughs> <laughs> yeah jared leto jared leto as he pledges joker um <laughs> There was a there was a web series back in the day. I think it was like released after The Dark Knight, and mm-hmm. it was called The Joker Blogs, and okay. it was a found footage web series on YouTube about the Joker, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker, in Arkham Asylum, uh, following the uh, events of The Dark Knight, okay. and it was the idea. It, it was presented as like uh, therapy sessions that were being recorded by Harley Quinn. And nice. you saw his relationship with Harley Quinn. And the guy playing Heath Ledger's Joker, I think his name is Scott McClure, did a really good job of like capturing that performance. And he has this great monologue. There's an episode called BRB, where he's breaking out of um, Arkham Asylum. And he's talking to the camera. He's like sat and he's like shuffling a, a deck of cards. And he's talking about how, you know, society's like a deck of cards. And the kind of comparisons he makes to like different characters, it, it it's quite good. And then they did one season 
where it was all found footage and they did a second season that was a bit of found footage also mixed in with like just like regular um storytelling methods and shit and it was What's about the guy's name sir scott mcclure the series what, was the joker blogs but he he is a character he is a, a, a performer of this version the joker was quite good he did a really good job of capturing that that character but I don't know if I'd go back and watch it now and be like, oh, it's a little over the top. It's very like, you know, he's licking his lips a lot, you know, because that was something that Heath Ledger did in the film. He's, yeah. he's doing the voice too over the top, you know. I don't know if Thank it would still hold up. Yeah. But the annoying thing is, is that the second season they did, they never finished. Oh. It's been three. Ep- it's been three years since the last episode was posted. There was supposed to be like two left. And they've not explained where they are. They did like a. I didn't look. I didn't fund it. I didn't like put money towards it. But they did like a GoFundMe Kickstarter to like produce the series, oh. and they haven't finished it. And they've never explained why. And it was such why a shame because it seemed really interesting. They had they had like a bunch of different characters that they'd introduced. They'd introduced Lex Luthor because they were like expanding it to like other corners of the DC universe. And what's weird is in the time that they've produced that series. The Dark Knight Rises was released. Ben Affleck's Batman's coming on, and now fucking Robert Pattinson, and they've still not finished that fucking series. <laughs> but you know, I, I I get why they couldn't recast. And I, I, the only annoying thing is that they yeah. never gave any closure to that character because the last thing he says to Batman is, "I think you and I are destined to do this forever." Yeah, which I know. F- I know. from a meta point of view, they are. Every version yeah. of Batman has had his joker. joker yeah and i i do like that point of view and i've se- i've seen like that image thrown around on on um instagram and twitter where it's like a black and white photo of all the different batman all the different jokers with with that quote in like cursive and it's all mm-hmm. overly dramatic like a 13 year old's tumblr page or something <laughs> where it's like we're destined to do this forever and it's all the different interpretations like something from like a thomas would have done but Exactly. I actually I made the meme. I, I'm the one who posted it. Now, like it's why I'm talking about it. I'm so proud of it. <laughs> but I, I I like it from a meta perspective. But in terms of this singular story, it's such a shame that this guy turns up, causes all this shit, and then the very next movie, no one mentions it. Yeah. Which I Good. I wonder. Have you played Arkham Knight? Uh, I, oh, I think I played Arkham Asylum a little bit. Oh no, I might have well, played Arkham Knight. I don't know. There's there's a point in Arkham Knight where you sort of explore Joker's fears. I won't explain how; it's kind of a spoiler. But <laughs> yeah, we'll play it you time. you explore kind of Joker's like personal fears, and one of his fears is about being forgotten and no one knowing who he is, no one talking about him. Part of me always wondered if that was inspired by The Dark Knight Rises, when no one mentions joker and there's no acknowledgement of his existence for the um, dark knight really because th- th- that joker strikes me as kind of a bit more no it's um no the the joker in arkham in arkham knight is uh it's like a different continuity it's a different no 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 um, sorry, I, I meant the um no i know but like based off of the one in uh no dark i'm just knight, saying sorry. that idea that the joker would be afraid of being forgotten is about the fact that the Joker was seemingly forgotten in that universe. I'm not oh, saying that Heath Ledger's Joker's right, fear would be right, right, right. Okay, about being that's forgotten. What I was gonna, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, 
I didn't get that at all with the thing, but no, I understand what you mean now. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I think I think what's interesting though is that there is there's like a lot of great fan theories about where his Joker came from. One of them was that he was like in the military, and he got those scars from being in the military, which is why he's so proficient with like guns and, and explosives and, and stuff combat, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I quite that makes like. a lot of sense. I also like that there are allusions to his his fear and like his his personal kind of um motives because you have that you have that great scene where he's fighting Batman and the the two ships that that final confrontation which by the way right i wish yeah. more comic book movies would have stuff like that cuz a lot of comic book movies these days the third act is always a big fight yeah it's not like a suspenseful hard decision thriller is it yeah, I think it's why I like Doctor Strange so much because that third act it. builds to. Have you not seen Doctor Strange? Nope. Oh, it's really good. He ba- it, it, it. I won't say what happened, but <laughs> the 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 ending isn't a big fight. Good, good. There's fights in it, but the the final thing isn't resolved by a big punch up. Um, good. But I a like lot that. of comic book like movies. That. Yeah, I think uh, the the reason why people say oh all Marvel movies are the same is because yes, because always happens. The third act is always the same, but if you look at if you look at the first and second acts of any Marvel movie, they're always very different. They're driven by different motives, yeah. but it seems like they don't know how to end a movie without a big punch up. And what See, I'm Watchmen... worried about with the Batman is that the final fight is going to be another big battle, all yeah. covered in smoke and fire. Where I want it to be more suspenseful because this whole sequence, you have a, a boat full of prisoners, a boat full of civilians. civilians. And they're forced to choose who will die. And I think it's a great moment where they both just like put the things down. The prisoner throws us out the window. The civilian puts us down because he can't do it. Neither ship blows them up. Yeah. And that that line where Batman's like, "What do you? were you trying to prove that deep down everyone's as crazy as you? The only thing I don't like is that Batman should have been more compassionate. That's what's missing from this version of Batman for me. From a lot of versions of Batman is that Batman is a compassionate character and people don't get that. He's a lot more hateful on this. He's so much more hateful on this. Do you know what I mean? He is. He's... Which you can understand. Yeah, they, built, they, built, they built that up in Batman Begins. And I guess, at least, if they were going to make him hateful, at least they did it consistently rather than sporadically. Yeah, because another link that I think Ben Affleck's Batman and Christian Bale's Batman have is that they see criminals as almost like a subspecies. Yeah. Yeah, like that, that line where Batman's like, "You're garbage. You kills for money." Like that's that's not. It's kind of Batman, but it's not. Like Batman <laughs> is aggressive and he will threaten a thug, but he's also my it's favorite Batman, Batman moment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. My favorite Batman moment in comics is from the Killing Joke, which it's kind of it's the basic bitch Batman book. Everyone's read the Killing Joke. You know what I mean? I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard about it so many times. <laughs> it's 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 like the fucking. I was trying to think of another basic bit. It, it's it's the vanilla ice cream of Batman comics. You know, yeah, yeah. If you like ice cream, you like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, the it's a it's a fantastic scene where he he's face to face with the Joker. The Joker's like shot Barbara Gordon in the spine. He's tried to fucking torment Commissioner Gordon. He's done all this shit. 
and he's like he's been beaten up by batman and he's like go on fucking beat me up more and throw me in prison it's what you always do like this is what we're just gonna do forever and batman's like you know what no i i don't want to do that and he, he, it's, he has this speech where essentially what he's saying is if we keep doing this one of us is gonna have to kill the other and i don't want to do that i don't want to kill you and i obviously don't want you to kill me we don't have to keep going down this route i could help you i could rehabilitate you we could figure mm. out what's what happened to you because a, a lot of the story is obviously Joker's origin story about yeah. how he became this monster, and it, you know there's a line where Joker's like, you know, something awful happened to me, but I I I, I choose to remember what it is. I I uh, if I'm gonna have a backstory, I prefer it to be multiple choice. Um, <laughs> that's his line. that's his whole shtick, which is why the Joker film plays him as a an unreliable narrator. So, what was actually his backstory? Who knows? And that's a key part of the Joker yeah. character and all that crap. Whereas Batman has a concrete moment. And Batman says that to him. He says, I don't know what it was that bent you out of shape, but maybe something like that has happened to me. Maybe you're right. Maybe I have had something that's turned me into this, just as you've had something that's turned you into what you are. Mm. We could Maybe we can relate to each other. Maybe we can help each other. And I could save you. You don't have to be alone. And Joker, in like one of the rare human moments he's ever had, oh, he's goodness. just like, "No, it's it's too late for me now. I, I, I'm, I've been this for so long. I don't think I could be anything else." Is kind of his sentiment, and I love that moment. And I wish Nolan had kind of he understood the dynamic enough, but he didn't get that bit where the reason Batman won't kill Joker isn't because he's like, I don't kill people, because if I, if I start killing people, I'll never stop, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't kill people yeah. because he believes in rehabilitation, that any criminal can be turned into a, a functioning member of society if they have enough compassion, enough care. And yeah. the reason why that doesn't happen is because Arkham Asylum is a shithole. That's the point. Whereas in this version, he's just like, Fuck you! You're alone. No one cares about you. <laughs> <laughs> He's the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you can see him pushing somebody to suicide if they were a, a bad guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I think Affleck shares that quality because Affleck has that line. What has that line where you know Alfred saying to him? Um, 20 years of fighting criminals isn't isn't that worth anything?" And he's like, "Criminals are like weeds." Pull one up, another grows in its place. Like he's like the they're fucking scum. We'll never be rid of criminals. I'm gonna fucking brand them. Uh, like yeah, it's... again, brutal. So, so like such a brutal twist on the Batman. Like I, I it, guess it, clever because it's not like he's not killing them, but in a way he is. It's like it, it, it's again a more brutal side of Batman that I guess. Yeah, and it also like. I think what Snyder was going for in that Batman was a Batman on the brink of killing people, but he has that sure. he has that he has that Batmobile scene where he like runs I mean, over like twenty four. Everybody dies. All <laughs> all of the bad guys in that died. Then there is no chance. He fucking like... he ruins all of them. <laughs> and I, but I I think that's something that like Nolan Nolan tried not to have Batman kill people, and for the moment I can't think of any people that he specifically kills other than Ra's al Ghul, and um. Uh, Two Face, because he throws Two Face off that building. Uh, yeah. But he does stick to that role better than most. Like he does a, a fairly decent job of like not having Batman kill people directly. Um, what what I'm interested in, you know, at the end of the Dark Knight, 
where he says, um, oh, five dead, two of them cops. Who are the five dead and who are the two cops? At the end of Dark Knight? Yeah. Two-Face has his little rampage where he's going around and trying to kill people. He's flipping the coin, like the third act of the film. At the end, Jim Gordon says, five dead, two of them cops. Who are the five dead and who are the two cops? Well, no, because it would be three dead, wouldn't it? So, so because three I... dead aren't cops. Three, de- three, three, three of the dead aren't police. Two of them are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's he's killed um... five people, and two of the people that he's killed were police officers. Who, who were the two police officers that he killed? Yeah, because um... God, the Gordon says that to to Batman because because it's like after Two Face is dead. They're like fuck. Everything he stood for is ruined, and that when that's when Batman has that moment where he's like, "I will take the fall for everything he's done." But it's like, okay, specifically in his little rampage, the five people that he killed, who were the five people? Because you could probably count the driver, Thingy's driver, Maloney's driver, whatever it was. You know how he gets mm. in that car with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he flips the coin, and he's like, um, "Oh, I thought you said I was, I was clean." And he's like, "Yeah, you, I'm not going to kill you, but your driver, on the other hand," and he <sighs> shoots him. You could say the driver's dead, yeah, and maybe that doesn't... crime boss is dead as well, potentially. Yeah, in the car crash. Well, he would be right. Like that's that's kind of the point of why he killed him. So I guess that's two. Yeah. Um. Um, <laughs> I'd have to re- I'd have to rewatch actually and really try and. It's been a while since I've watched it. I think he kills the police officer in the bar. You know when he's like he's he, there's that guy in the bar and he's like, um, the bartender's like, shouldn't you be doing something? And he's like, oh, it's my day off. And he's like, I'm gonna take a leak. He fucks off. And then yeah. Two Face comes in. And he's he has that line where he's like, I thought you were dead. And he's half and he drinks the whiskey, whatever. Um. Does he kill him? Well, didn't he? Fl- he flipped the coin, didn't he? And it he fl- came down. He flipped the, the coin, and I can't remember. I think it came down on the bad side. Oh, I thought it came down on the good side. I, I always thought that that was one of the, because that was one of his first ones, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I thought that was. Does he, I thought that was you good. Know, you know the woman he goes to, because because I know he, he was a police officer, and the woman he goes to as well where he gets her to be like, you have to take the kids to something, I get whatever. Um, the, the other detective. Yeah. Does she, she not kill get shot? her? Does she not get I think shot she gets shot. Me? Yeah, I think so. I, no, I no, because did. he says you... No, no, no. He kills the police officer in the bar. He lets her go because he says to her, it's your lucky day, officer, and then knocks her unconscious. All right. So maybe Jim Gordon just thought she was dead at the time. Maybe, maybe. So I guess then that who's, would be who's, four. Who's the, who's the third civilian? Because we've got the yeah. we've got the mob boss and the driver. You got the two police. Um, who's the who's the? Maybe it was the bartender. Maybe he killed the bartender. <laughs> just, just for no reason. Just that's a bad pain. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. Actually, actually, isn't there? I saw this clip ages ago, and I'd never noticed it before when I was watching the film. But when he gets in the car with the mob boss, mm. and when he doesn't realise that he's next to him, there's actually a brief scene where you see Two Face 
grab the guy, the other kind of like bodyguard, and like swap places oh. with him. But I thought he just knocked him out, but maybe he killed him. Must have then, because I mean he would, right? Like if he's, but then he didn't do his his flip, and his, his yeah, the whole he just, point was his flip. unless he did that off, unless he was like, hiding behind some bins and he was flipping a coin, and he was like, "Fuck, but we need to kill that guy." So he just kept flipping it <laughs> until it got to it. the right end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. He's like best best out of three, uh, best out of five. Best out of five. <laughs> <laughs> just kept going. And this guy just walks around. Now, fuck! It's too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck it. I'll just I'll just say it landed on the right side. If anyone? Asks. I'll just do it anyway. I'll just do it. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I tell it's, it's all. I've always wondered about that because every time it says five dead, two cops, I'm like, who who was the other police officer he killed? Yeah, I'm, because I'm pretty I, sure you only see him kill one police officer on screen. Yeah. Talking about inconsistencies, then why was there a change in actress? Between... Oh, for Rachel Dawes. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think Katie Holmes just—I I don't think she liked the role. I think she was a bit like, "Oh, it was just a love interest." And I thought there was no depth there. Um, I'm not sure. I—I've I, never really like looked into it, which is well, terrible. What I'm going to do? Part. Pause. Pause. <laughs> Dark Knight. Reason. Katie Holmes. Yeah. Katie Holmes didn't come back after because because of her packed schedule, according to Business Insider. Nolan wanted schedule. Holmes to return and was oh yeah, um, <laughs> was ultimately quite upset when that didn't pan out. The way oh, they so made that, like she, they he's, he's crying in a dressing room. Like, why did she come <laughs> back to me? But no, she's... why was she so busy? <laughs> but yeah, apparently that was the reason. It's ever so strange. Well, that's um. That's it. bit disappointing, really, isn't it? It's a bit disappointing, let's face it. It, it just does take me out of it. it. It's it's something that annoys me in films, in any film. If they recast someone, it really takes me out of it. I, I, I really can't I really can't watch the film the same way as I would. Like, it's again, and this is why, for me, it would be such a big deal if they cut Henry Cavill as Superman, because it just wouldn't... Unless I, 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 there's a reason. Well, like, even even if like there was if a the, reason, like... if the Flash movie made it that like, oh, he has changed. That there's a specific reason he looks different. Then that, in yeah. my mind, is okay. Continuity wise, I, I'd I'd feel so much better about it. However, yeah. just the fact that they've that we won't get to see any clarification with his character anymore, or because like he's the... literally been dubbed as the best Superman. It doesn't make yeah. sense that. Yeah. Cut him. I think to be fair, I think I think recently there's been people who are like Tyler Hoechlin or Hoechlin, how you pronounce his name, no, is also no. like the, the best Superman. He's really good, and to be fair, he is great in that show. But my sure my problem good. with that Superman is you still it's something. It's it, to be fair, it's a problem I have with most superhero media these days. Is you don't see how the superheroes react to the public or how the public react to the superheroes there's never there's never really a scene in like an avengers movie where the public talk to the avengers where the avengers interact <laughs> with the general public and well. what's what's like a, a, a <laughs> but you know what i mean like it's it's a common thing in comics where superman will talk to a kid will sit the down the only good thing about justice league only yeah, good exactly. thing about joss Whedon's um justice league and it was handled poorly, but the the idea is good. 
where a couple of kids want to just talk to him and he, he talks to them because that's that's the that's what Superman does. Fucking hell, Shazam has that scene. Yeah. Right at the end, Superman pulls through for a kid because he's being bullied at school. That is the most Superman thing <laughs> yeah. that, that ever. they've ever done with a character and they didn't even show his face. Like, that is more Superman than anything in BVS and Man of Steel because Man of Steel and BVS don't focus on Superman's relationship to the public. They focus no. on the guy between Clark Kent and Superman. That's the difference. Because they uh, like a lot of DC superheroes have like three sides to them. They have the superhero, they have the alter ego, and then they have the person in the middle trying to juggle both. You know, like Bruce Wayne, for example. Bruce Wayne, the the socialite billionaire who goes around and like like fucks women. That's a character he pretends to be. And Batman is also a character he pretends to be, but it's closer to himself. But he does yeah. like. He just have to like put on a voice. He has to put on a persona still, but that that is still kind of closer to who he is. And what Batman Begins did really well is show the guy who pretends to be both. Yeah, yeah. and Man of Steel tried to do that, but it had no interest in showing either of the other two personalities. You don't see the bumbling Clark Kent at the Daily Planet. You don't see no. the Superman interacting with kids and the general public no. either. No. You just see the guy grappling with either personality, but you don't get to see either personality. I think that's why I like Batman Begins, because it's fun seeing Bruce Wayne figure out how to be Bruce Wayne. Like, he has that scene where, it, it, where Michael Caine's like, you know, you maybe, you know, if you don't have a social life, people are going to be curious Did you see Michael Keaton? you get up to. Did I see Michael Keaton? Yeah. I, I was thinking Michael Caine, but as I said Michael Caine, as I thought I said Michael Caine, I was like, I should have said Alfred. I didn't realise I said Michael Keaton. <laughs> Which is just a big mind fuck in general. Um, Michael Caine. Caine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but he has, he has that line where he's like, um, you know, if, if people are going to be wondering what you, what you do with all your spare time, you know, because you have no social life. You cut, you know, you're up late all night, but you're never out. Like, what you need a, you need to pretend to have a sort. He's like, if you start pretending to have, fun, if you start pretending to have fun, you might have some by mistake. Yeah, and I, like I like that, that line. because like then that he line. like goes to restaurants and he's putting on a character, and it's why I like Rachel Dawes. I find her, I find her as an actual character boring, but her role mm. in his life interesting because when he sees her, he instantly reverts yeah. back. To that his moment actual... of this isn't me this this is not who i am i promise you this is not who i am exactly like and i <laughs> i do love the way he reveals who he is at the end of batman begins yeah he's like um it's not who i am underneath it's why i do that defines me she's like bruce he just fucks off <laughs> he just jumps off the list <laughs> yeah, i love that bit <laughs> i yeah, I, as well. I think that's better than the one they do in the dark knight rises um which bit do they do in the Dark Knight Rises? Where he, he, oh, he's with talking Selena to Gordon. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. He's talking to Jim Gordon. And Jim Gordon's like, um, look, I never cared who you are, but don't you think the people of Gotham should know who who saved them? And he's like, a hero can be anyone. Even a man putting his coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended. And oh, from that yeah. very vague clue, Jim Gordon goes, Bruce Wayne? <laughs> like, that was the he's only child you ever lot. cared yeah. for. <laughs> yeah thinks about that so much it's the story tells at dinner parties you know i actually met bruce wayne 
It, it was after his parents got shot, admittedly, but I, I met him. <laughs> Give him a cuddle. He's still got my jacket. Never turned it. Um. Maybe, I wonder if, in the, you know, in the dark night where he crashes his Lamborghini, a Lamborghini that is apparently called the Bat or something, like it's Spanish oh, for oh. Bat. Yeah, like that specific model is called the Bat, which is a little, a little, you know, on the nose. But there's that there's that interaction where Jim Gordon's like, oh, that was a very noble thing you did, and he's like, oh, I was trying to, I was trying to make the light. He's like, oh, you weren't sacrificing yourself. I wonder if after that scene, when the camera cuts away, Jim Gordon's like, you know, we actually we know each other. You know, I I, I met you when you were a kid. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but but I I, I talk about it all the time. <laughs> big big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you if you ever want to just speak to me, please like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. here's my number See, please talk to me <laughs> here's my number my email address if you need my social security number just please like i, I just want to be a friend <laughs> here's my child's birth certificate please adopt <laughs> give him a life i can't give him <laughs> it's, i it's also like... i think the other the other identity reveal that annoys me is um is uh john blake in the dark knight rises who figures out that he's Batman through orphan magic or whatever? Where he's like, I saw that look in your eyes. I, I knew who you were. Like, what? Excuse <laughs> what are you me. Talking about? No, you don't. <laughs> don't lie to me. <laughs> you made, I, you made a... I, I'd have respected them more if he just guessed. If he was just like, I think you're Batman. Uh... Oh, I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Not <Wayne>? some vague. <laughs> I looked into your eyes and I knew you were Batman. Like, what? Excuse me. You can't do that. Like, it, uh, it, it, like, make him make it a twist. Like he's a psychic then. So then Robin, Robin is now a psychic, and you've got him in like the underground thing. They don't use technology. He just thinks bad guys coming. That's it. Bad guy next week. <laughs> you, you know what? Right. It, it's an. It always annoyed me watching that film, but it annoys me because like, I've I've always wanted to see a Batman be an actual mentor to a Robin or or a Batman yeah. or whatever. And I think we are going to get some of that in the Batgirl film. but yeah. And we got a bit of it in Justice League where he's kind of mentoring Flash or whatever. But oh, what but I always quite. wanted to see in a good Batman movie is him teach someone to be Batman. And we get two scenes <laughs> of that in The Dark Knight Rises. He's in the car with John Blake yeah. and he's talking about how Batman, the idea is that it could be anyone. <laughs> and then the next bit is later on in the film when they're starting to free all the police officers he's like if, if you're working alone wear a mask to protect the people you care about and that's it that's the only bit of advice he gives him so it makes no sense to me because then when he gives john blake the keys to the kingdom essentially all the high-tech gear and the bat suit it's like that guy is woefully unprepared to be batman he's dead <laughs> day one There's if it no was chance. me i'd be like right okay you stay in the car Here's the keys. You stay in the car and you do not fight anyone hand to hand. And you know what? And literally, maybe just from the police. <laughs> and like, comparatively, the amount of training that Bruce Wayne um, had he lived in the in mountains Batman begins, for like he lived in the mountains. He trained long. with these ninja people that literally taught him to become the darkness. Um, <laughs> Him to be quiet, stealthy, everything, right? Let alone being like a tactical genius. He, he, and then you've just get, basically he, given all this intense shit to a policeman. There's that line a where Razor Ghoul's like, you know how to fight 60 men. I can train you to engage with 600. It's like John Blake couldn't take on six. 
he was almost <laughs> no. overpowered no. by two like construction workers. <laughs> like, it's like absolutely he's, ridiculous. It's he's absolutely and... not prepared to be Batman. <laughs> there's there's no chance. I like I, I think you're right. I think that is like the 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 quickest fix they ever did in a movie was just oh, yeah you good enough. Like I've had a couple yeah, of wise you, words you, with you'd you. You'd be all right. You figured out on Batman with your orphan voodoo, and now... Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe that's what he was relying on. Oh, he, he can use his orphan magic. That's what that's what's going to keep him <laughs> safe there on the street. He'll be okay. He's got a sixth sense. He must have magic powers. Nope, he's just a bloke. <laughs> he's a policeman. That's... Uh, you know, you know um, we've kind of like transitioned into talking about the, the Dark Knight Rises, but just quickly, I want to I mention something about the, the Dark Knight. Um... <laughs> I really enjoy the kind of emphasis on the the sort of crime families of Gotham. That was something I always I always found fun in the comics. You know, it's it's a big thing in the comics. Yeah. Um, and I get that it was very quickly dropped. It's it's in Batman Begins. You have that one guy who, you know, is part of the crime family. Yeah. Um, do you find that stuff interesting in Gotham, or do you prefer the the supervillains? so to speak i i think i think for me it's a mix between both i like yeah when you say supervillains i like supervillains that have a mob and like so that idea that you said earlier about penguin having a section of the city and then obviously um joker and then was it two-face i think you said like having like a third of the city each and then having like almost like a gang war in between i that fascinates me and i'd love to see that but see if it's just characters like Kingpin's an interesting character, don't get me wrong, but if, if it was just Kingpin in a basic sense of that he's a mob boss, I think that loses a, a lot of interest for me. But because yeah. there is more interest to the actual boss themselves, like I think I'm, I'm fascinated you, in that. But. You're right, because I, I do kind of enjoy the theatricality of like the Gotham mob bosses. And there's something really interesting about how how I've always kind of seen it and how it's kind of been portrayed in some of the Batman media. Where the mm-hmm. crime families of Falcone or Falcone, as it's pronounced in the Dark Knight trilogy, you've got the Maronis and the Falcones. Those two, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's supposed to be Falcone, but they called it Falcone. I I don't know why. Maybe so it rhymes with the Maronis. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but those two crime families were sort of like the old guard of Gotham. They were the ones responsible yeah. for all the crime. There was a bit more class to it, a bit more civility. And now the new guys are Joker, Two-Face, Penguin. A bit more sadistic, yeah. more theatrical. Uh, out there as and well. And I like... like jet, very freakish. Exactly. And they're, they're goons, the people who work for them. It's not smart suits anymore. It's you have to dress like your <laughs> theme. You know, the two, I always like it in comics and the games with the Two-Face guys how, wear like costumes that are like black and white. Black. Yeah, they've got a big split down the middle of the shirt, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, or the the Joker goons that have to wear, like, the Joker masks and the face paint and the the (laughs) penguin ones who have to wear, like, the fucking... It would be, like, middle of summer in Gotham, but they have to wear, like, the Parker coats that, like, make them look really cold or whatever. Like, I always always love that shit in comics. It's it's fun. It it really makes... It makes for a good game, at least, I think. Same, yeah. And I always, I, I always thought that was interesting where you have like the old crime families and as the city over the years is getting more and more twisted and more corrupt because it's, it's, it's one of the few things I really love about Joker is that, like the film, is that that movie presents a Gotham 
that gets to its absolute peak of shit. The city is rife yeah. with garbage. People are fucking tearing themselves apart. Class divisions reach their fucking boiling point, and then people start rallying behind this clown. This big mm. mob gathers where they're all dressing up as the Joker and they all praise the Joker and Joker's going to be our saviour and at that peak of absolute shit Batman's created or yeah. his, you know his path starts at that point and I always found that interesting because to me that's what Batman is Gotham gets to a certain point a certain level of awfulness and creates Batman he only exists because the city creates him you know um, yeah. and one of the interesting things about his relationship to the public is the public think that the monsters are in response to him and some of them are but he is also a response to the monsters yeah it's like a snake eating its yeah. own tail and they'll also kill each other they'll, they'll I, that's how the batman story should end is that the monsters eat each other and it's over that's the yeah. point i guess that you could say that the the norm like batman is a response to the normal mob bosses but then obviously the theatrical villains and the super villains are then a response to batman so i guess it's like rather than like them all being in the same category i guess you'd have to categorize them differently to say which came yeah because there is a difference between yeah. like carmine carmine falcone and the joker <laughs> they are yeah, very the different riddler people. mr freeze <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, do you know i mean very very different uh goals as well like I think... and i suppose the kind of the one between the 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 sort of one that exists between the two is the penguin because Oswald mm-hmm. Cobblepot is kind of, he is one of those like classic mobster people, but he's got a bit of the theatricality to him as well. And he's also one of the older villains. He's he's more like, in age, I mean, he's he's like, he's older he's than Bruce 50, Wayne. 60, right? Like... Yeah, something like that. So he was like in his 20s when the old crime families were at their peak. So he knows yeah. how those organizations work. He pro- he probably um, started low with them as well and just worked his way up. Like, I always wanted Nolan to do something with Penguin because I always found it interesting of the family connection with the Waynes and the Cobblepots having like a shared history. I was gonna say they know each other, don't they? Like it's it's touched upon in um, Batman Returns. Is yes. It the one? Yeah, it is touched upon. So again, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it it's changed a lot in that movie because in in that movie, like it's it's touched upon that the the families um, knew each other and that they helped found Gotham. But in that movie, Cobblepot was raised an orphan; he didn't grow up with his family. In yeah. the comics, it's different. In the comics, he is kind of like a little freakish boy. People think he looks weird. Um, but he's not like deformed or anything. He just looks. He wasn't weird raised by penguins. <laughs> exactly, he wasn't raised by penguins in the sewer of an old zoo. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck that is. Biz- but, um... Bizarre. Do you, do you, so, do you think then uh, in the Batman? Um, do you reckon yeah, that? I th- I do, you, do you reckon the relationship's going to be there? Do you reckon the relationship between the Waynes and the Cobblepots? Here's here's my prediction for the Batman, uh, which we can talk about next week. Um, my prediction for the Batman is, I'm so excited uh, my prediction for the Batman is that the Riddler has discovered a kind of um, a secret organisation I don't think they'll say Court of Owls but they'll imply Court of Owls there'll be something like that and I think Court of Owls will be the kind of overarching enemy of this trilogy yeah 
But I think the Riddler has discovered um, that the Court of Owls have been around in Gotham for centuries and they've been influencing uh, members of the elite. And the families that they've been influencing, that they've used to influence other people, have been the Cobblepots and the Waynes. And Oswald Cobblepot, because he looks older in this, he looks older than Bruce Wayne. I think Oswald Cobblepot, or his fat, like maybe is like his dad or whatever, knew the Waynes and did business with the Waynes, and they know that the Waynes were a little dirty. I think it's going to be revealed that yeah. Bruce Wayne's family, his parents, were actually either part of the Carter Owls or did a bit of dirty work for them or whatever. So, and Cobblepot just to clarify knows. For, for people at home uh, listening. Um, what are the court of owls? Also you mean for you? Me. <laughs> well, for me and people at home. Uh, like a bit of both. I thought I, I thought I thought I'd um I told you about the court of owls. They no, were there was something introduced in the new fifty two. One of the mm-hmm. one of the big like, highlights of when they they did the new fifty two relaunch back in two thousand and eleven, where it was revealed that since the 1800s maybe earlier maybe since gotham's creation there was this secret organization called the court of owls who basically were found there were like a bunch of like rich families who manipulated the city and the government like the council around the city basically manipulating events from behind the scenes so that the elite would stay on top and the people on the bottom would stay on the bottom which is why gotham is so rife with crime because they were keeping the police, the the fire department, the hospitals, all that shit. They were keeping it corrupt and full of shit so that they could stay on top. I, I, I like that idea, but I always thought that the reveal was dead clunky. Because it's like in issue one, uh, somewhat like they find a dead body and there's like an owl next to it. And someone goes, hey, do you think it's the cot of owls from that nursery rhyme? And everyone's like... Oh, they're not real. It was just a rhyme when we were all kids. And then, like, issue two, it's like, oh, my God, it's the Court of Owls. They're real. It's like, huh. It's funny, that. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they they were in the Gotham TV show. Um, I think that they're also going to be in that Gotham Knights video game. Yeah. Um, and part of me thinks that they'll, they'll sort of be connected in this film. And maybe if they'd have been around sooner... Christopher Nolan would have implemented them in in his trilogy because his trilogy has like similar themes of like mob bosses or whatever. But no, mm. so that's that's what I th- I just I I like the mobs the mob stuff, but I do wish that the Dark Knight Rises had lent into more of like theatrical mob bosses, Riddler with his own Riddler gang, yeah. you know, running the yeah. city. Although that being said, what do you think of the Dark Knight Rises that we got? Um, I think obviously to relating back to what I said previously, I, I think it could have been done better, but I think that was wasn't particularly the fault of Nolan. I think that was just circumstances with actors yeah. um, that he had to then change the future of the film. I think Bane was a good character. Um, I think it was good to see. It was good to see someone that Batman couldn't beat physically particularly do you know I mean like he struggled because like yeah. before we've, we've we've seen he beat Razzle quite quick it wasn't overly hard for him he'd, he'd previously beaten him when they were training anyway but this guy's literally like superhumans well he's strong he he tried to beat him when they were training you're talking about like the, the fight on the ice uh no I mean 
the fight in the ice, but then also he he tricked him in the final um the trial that they had to become. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. Thing. So technically, did, did beat him, but like this is the first one where we've seen like he 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 can't beat him. Like he's gonna break his spine because Bane is just too strong, like superhuman. So like it's it's good to sort of see a villain I, I i guess it was almost like a, a a checklist like they it was one of the few villains that they hadn't used like a super strength one mm. so i i guess in that sense it was it was nice yeah, to see a they, supernatural villain they they clearly thought well we can't go for riddler or mad hatter because the, in terms of like the way their characters function they are very similar to yeah. joker and two-face so they had to go yeah. for one that was more physical than mental um, even yeah. though they do make him like a smart tactician, like he's not an idiot or anything. It's oh, not no, like no, a, no. the Batman and Robin uh, version of Bane, where he's just like Bane or whatever. <laughs> like, um, yeah, he's, he's, they... like, I mean, he's yeah, he's tactical, very tactical. Yeah, and they do away with the the Venom formula that gives him super strength and all that crap. They just make him like a big bodybuilder or whatever. Because um, in the comics, he has like this this chemical that makes him really strong. Whereas in this, he's just really strong. I knew it was, I knew it was a chemical in the thing, so I, I presumed that the the tubes that he has in him give him strength as well. But then obviously they said it just keeps him breathing, so I was a bit confused yeah. about that. To be honest, I remember before the film came out, and there was they released that the the plane sequence, um, you know, the opening of the movie where they they hijack the plane. Yeah. And they released that. I think it was in cinemas before. It was like before like another movie. If you saw that movie, you got to see the first nine minutes of The Dark Knight Rises. And I remember at the time people going, "Yeah, this the, that blood transfusion he does. That's going to be their version of Venom. Like somehow that blood transfusion helps him be strong, or whatever." And it was just the it was just a way to um, to hide the identity of the body. Like it wasn't. It wasn't anything to do with that. But when people being like, yeah, they're going to find a way to make it work, of course they're not. In the <laughs> third movie of this semi-realistic franchise, they're not going to be like, yeah, and Super Soldier Serum exists. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I like I like, but, I, I like that they did it. I, I mean, I, I like the way yeah. they did it. I think it, it was, it it was very and much... Selena Kyle was brilliant though? as well. Oh, the yeah, she's fantastic. But... She's done really well. Um, they never the call her Catwoman. No. No, which is which is nice in a way. Yeah, I think they they refer to her as like the cat burglar, but because because I love the way that like when her goggles flip up, they make the ears. Yeah, yeah. It's such a smart like little design uh, cue or whatever. Like I I I think she's good. I think her relationship with Batman is done really well. But here's here's my issue with the Dark Knight Rises. He shouldn't have been retired at the start of the film. No. And I get why, because it was, you know, the, the the first film was inspired by year one, loosely. Second film inspired by The Long Halloween, loosely. And the third one is loosely inspired by The Dark Knight Rises. Um, yeah. Sorry, The Dark Knight Returns. And I get that because they're some of the most famous Batman comic books. If you look at top 10 best Batman graphic novels, you'll find those three. And if you read those three in that order, it tells kind of a a really good overview of Batman as a character. The only issue is, is that 
the reason why the Dark Knight Returns was so good is because you'd had years of Batman as a character. So having him be old and retired and all that shit was cool because you'd seen him young and youthful for so long. Yeah. yeah. But it felt like Christian Bale's Batman was just getting started and then he immediately retired. You well, didn't yeah, get because to like... see of him be Batman enough. Yeah, I mean, they they basically left it on like they left it on a point where he was in a, a jam, and rather than like fight the jam and try and bring his name out of the dust, he just went, "Yeah, do you know what? That's that's probably about right." I was Batman for a good two years. I, I think that's enough, isn't it? I've, <laughs> yeah. I've solved most of the crime, and I think it still was, shit times going, but sorry. Yeah, and it was it was a mistake to be like, "Oh, he's he's retired because the love of his life is gone." But in this movie, he will develop feelings for two other women. <laughs> quickly. Like, come on. Very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Without <laughs> much uh, much development. I, I think it's also, from like a structural point of view, the movie spends like the first act reintroducing Batman. They have that moment where everyone's like, oh my God, Batman's back. <laughs> and then he leaves again. And then they have another section of the movie where it has to be like oh my god batman's back and it's like we just did this we just and like it's, clearly, it's getting old like, <laughs> yeah and like i get why because i think nolan was like i want that move I, I want that moment where batman drives past the police officers and all the police yeah. like, oh my god batman's here but then he also wants that moment where all hope is lost the city's under lockdown and then batman comes back and he saves them all but the fact that you have him return and leave and return again, yeah, you don't really get to see him do a lot of Batman stuff. There's a very little amount of Batman in this. So his development with Selina Kyle and his romance with Selina Kyle is very undercooked because he has a few scenes with her in like the first half of the movie where he's like, oh, uh, I'm your Catwoman, basically, whatever their interactions are. <laughs> Um, That's weird. <laughs> a direct quote from the film. <laughs> you cowwoman, basically, right? <laughs> um, but then he has to leave again, and he has not. He just he just like yeah. works out in a prison for fucking twelve months or however long it is. You know, like he doesn't. That character development doesn't really. And then he comes to Gotham, and it's like, right, we've got like twenty four hours before the bomb goes off. So he doesn't really get a lot quick. of time to grow got with back. the characters. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, from a structural point of view, I thought it was all over the place. Yeah. Um, I definitely didn't enjoy it nowhere near the, the second one. Same. Why am, do you think that, like, like when you saw this film for the first... Well, I suppose for the first time you thought it was just a sequel to The Dark Knight. <laughs> you'd have had a different relationship. But and I, I, and I also you, watched it on my phone... Oh really? Like, Brilliant. Yep. I, I literally, I was, I, I can remember like where I was, like exactly watching it. Yep. I saw this in cinemas. I saw this and the Avengers the same year. I want to see it at the same nice. cinema as well, actually. And I remember at the time, I liked. I was more excited for the Dark Knight Rises, but I remember mm. liking the Avengers more. Um, yeah, because the Avengers was much more superhero e. It it was a lot, it was lighter in tone, but it also felt. I don't know. I remember liking it a lot more now, and I uh, sorry a lot more at the time. And I think still now, 
I prefer it out of the two. Because I can't, every time I see The Dark Knight Rises, I can't help but wonder what if, like, what if Heath Ledger hadn't died? What I know. would the story have actually been? How would he have tied up the film? I reckon what I... they should have done. Yeah. Brought in Penguin. Brought in Penguin. And then have, like, a, a, a gang war sort of thing. But not, like, they team up. Do you know what I mean? Like, introduce Penguin as a character that's been running for a while since Batman had to lay low and retire. No, no, you do it where that guy who died, I forget which one he is, if he's a Moroni or a Falcone, but the guy who Two-Face kills, you uh-huh. do it where Penguin steals his empire. Ah, okay. Yeah, that'd be good, actually. That would be a good way to, to fit them together. But here's, here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think, as as a whole, that The Dark Knight Rises is a satisfying conclusion to the trilogy? Yes. Personally, yes. Um, I think they did well for what it was and did well for what they had. Again, I think it could be done better, but then I I think as a trilogy, the, the theme of it, the style of it is just, it's the best Batman that we've had for a long time. Really, I, I think what helps make this feel mm-hmm. like a, a solid ending is the fact that they, they connect it back to Ra's al Ghul, so it's going back to his origins. You know, you bring in Talia, and they even manage yeah. to, to establish a romance between the two, because Talia, like I said, is one of Batman's key <laughs> love interests. And they tie it back to his, his uh, her father, and even though Gotham is better, because she's so focused on her her dad and her dad's legacy, she's like, nah, Gotham's to the shithole, I'm, I'm going to fucking nuke it. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. That's what my dad wanted, we're nuking the city. <laughs> Uh, so I, I appreciate bit, bit that. Off. I think that helps. Yeah, a bit, bit much, bit overkill. So again, Wait, actually, was... going back to it, it, that was like, that would have made no sense to me, whatsoever. That would have went no. over my head. I didn't even. Yeah. I. Sorry. That's, that's I why. That's why I was so confused when you were like, um, oh, uh, I didn't <laughs> know this film existed because I was like, so when Razor Ghoul turned up as a ghost. Did you just accept that? Did you just watch that and go, oh, I guess that's just, that must just be the ghost that talks to Batman sometimes. Oh, that must be from the comics or something. That must just I, be Batman's ghost. I, I, I don't. And the, and the thing is, they, they cast such a big actor for him as well. Yeah. If I had to just thought it was a ghost, I was like, oh, Liam Neeson's doing some small work nowadays, isn't he? <laughs> Why did Liam Neeson come back for that cameo about his wife? That was a weird flashback scene. <laughs> Oh, but, but that's what actually that that scene that helped me sell this that sorry that helped sell this movie to me as like a good conclusion because they took something established in a previous movie and paid it off with something that made sense where he's yeah. talking about like his great love and you know she was taken from him and it all ties into Bane's history and the League of Shadows and all that stuff. I was like, oh wow, oh, that's actually yeah. that's a really interesting story. Um, <laughs> that helps connect the two together. And I love that the way they played off, because in the comics, Razzle Ghoul's a mortal. And in this, he has that great scene where he turns up and he's like, see, Bruce, I told you you were a mortal. And he's like, no, you're, you're dead. This is a memory. And the way that he's a mortal is that his his memory survives. His memory yeah. stays. He's a mortal through it, his disciples and shit. Which it's is a, a realistic a fun... Nolan-esque. Like, yeah. How would you actually be a mortal? Yeah. It's and smart. It's clever. Very clever. Yeah, 
and I think it works really well in this film and as the and the trilogy as a whole. The only thing that annoys me is that no one dies. There's no big death. Everyone gets out squeaky clean, and no one acknowledges either Arkham Asylum or the Joker. Yeah. yeah. And that, but then, that always you, bugged me. And I get it. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. But I wish that we'd had... There was a great storyboard I saw where Bane is basically... He's, he's walking through Arkham Asylum and he's collecting people for his team. And he's... And like a bunch, there'd been like a bunch of like cameos thrown in this storyboard where you had like uh, E Nigma for Edward Nigma the Riddler, you know you had fucking yeah. um, Pamela Isley on the fucking thing, you know you had like all that shit, and it was like oh that's those are fun cameos, and then he, he's like releasing people and he's like bringing people onto his team and he gets to the end of the corridor and you don't see his face, you just see the scars of the smile. And then it, it cuts to the the cell, yeah. and it's and it's filmed from the back where you just see like the matted hair, and Bane's looking through the little gap of the cell, and he's like, "No, we're not, we're not touching this." And he just leaves, and he leaves him in the cell because he's like, "No, this is that would be a mistake yeah. to let him out." And I thought that would be a fun scene. That'd it's be good. very comic booky. It's very franchisey, which is the yeah. nice thing, I suppose. But also, I get, I get why you wouldn't do something like that because then you have to you have to recast. Heath, you have to recast Heath Ledger. You have to, you have to yeah. get someone else to put the makeup on, and you have to. It's, it's drawing attention to him and being like, "Oh, see, he's dead, whatever." But that his absence yeah. does leave a big space for me. There should have been a dialogue about it, or like a... he shouldn't have fucking died. That's what he shouldn't have done. He should have, he should have stayed alive so I could have enjoyed my Batman movies. That's the selfish <laughs> standpoint I'm taking. Here we go. That's that's my hot <laughs> take. Heath Ledger fun. shouldn't have died. Oh my god. I wanted my Knight's Tale too. <laughs> oh my god! That... <laughs> it's a good film. I like imagine? that film. Could you imagine? Um, every time I watch The Dark Knight Rises, it I do kind of just wonder what would this have been if Heath Ledger was still around because he was definitely going to be a part of it. You know yeah. what would? It's so bizarre. You know we have this. We're in, we're in a current era now where. All characters who played roles from before, or actors who played characters before, are coming back to reprise them. You know, we've we yeah. the Marvel stuff is doing a bunch of sh- yeah. shit like that. You know, you've got Keaton's like fucking Keaton's coming back. You know, fucking Jurassic, the new Jurassic Park film was bringing the old Jurassic Park cast back. Mm. Yes, yeah, he's got what's his face in it. Um, Sam Neill and uh, Jeff Goldblum and all that. Ah, uh, Goldblum, that was the one I remember. You know, like it's um. What a point now where we get to see these actors relive these characters and do more with it, but we will never see more of Heath Ledger's Joker. And that's fucking it's it's because it's such an amazing performance. It's the highlight of that movie. It overshadows the movie oh, yeah. entirely. Like yeah, you yeah, see yeah. posters of the Dark Knight of like the Dark Knight trilogy, and it's Bale for Begins and Rises, but it's. Heath Ledger for the Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I even saw like a fan theory that the title is actually a reference to Heath Ledger's Joker and that he is the actual hero of the movie because all of his actions in the Dark Knight leads to the inevitable peace in the Dark Knight Rises. And I think it's like, well, that obviously wasn't planned, but whatever. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do like that he sort of prophesizes things in the Dark Knight Rises. 
that what fun time where where he's he's talking to Batman in the interrogation scene. He's like these these civilized people. When the chips are down, they'll eat each other. And then the Dark <laughs> yeah. Knight Rises, they're fucking fighting each other. They're dragging the the rich out of their homes, yeah. and the fucking they're all fighting and killing each other. Like that's a fun connection. Yeah. yeah so, ba- what's uh, what's your overall thoughts of this trilogy? Um, I think the beginning and the end were done well, but I think it was th- I think it was definitely made better by the middle one. I think the middle one yeah. made the trilogy. Um, I think it would have been a good trilogy anyway. Don't get me wrong, but I think it was definitely it was cemented by the middle one. Um, I think again summing up what I said in the past, like I I think it would have been better. If it would have been better if Heath Ledger had been there to finish off the trilogy. Um, and I think maybe introducing characters to have like a mob busting. Like I said, Penguin would have been good. I think obviously, as you said, taking over Falcone's empire would have been interesting. But I think as a whole, I think it's a solid trilogy. I think it's one of the best DC film trilogies. If I think probably one of the only DC film trilogies, to be honest. But I think it <laughs> is. I think it's actually the only trilogy DC have made. Technically, you could. No, you couldn't. You've, you've say, got Zack Snyder's trilogy, BVS and Justice League. Justice League. That's, that's kind really... of a trilogy, but it's, it's there's no same. one main character that it's it sort of like revolves around, like because yeah. yeah. Batman's only in two, and Superman's technically only really in two. Like he's at the end of Justice League, but he's not like a main character. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah. The Superman movies, there was four of them. The old Batman movies, there was four of them. And even if you divvied them up by a different actor, Keaton only did two. Yeah. There's only two Aquamans. There's only two Suicide Squads. There's only one Shazam. And even even then, the, the quality of them isn't anywhere near Nolan's. Like Nolan set a clear not. theme. He set a clear basis for the characters. Again, I think it would have been continuity would have been better with. Actually, no, no. Actually, the best DC trilogy ever made is the Harley Quinn trilogy of Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, and The Suicide Squad. Oh, don't, don't you dare. Don't now that's peak, dare. Peak, peak cinema right there, obviously. <laughs> don't you fucking dare. Um, Birds of Prey, good film, don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> but ridiculous. <laughs> just, just a ridiculous trilogy, I guess, now, yeah, I suppose. My favourite bit about that film is when they took the mute train from Birth Assassin, Cassandra Kane and turned her into a pickpocket. That was a good. That was a good move by that movie. Good, good choice. A bizarre twist. Hey, they like to keep us on our toes. That's. <laughs> uh, you think you know? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do the Joker. No, he's just some guy. Um, yeah. If you. If, but if, yeah. So, yeah. what what were you saying? What were you saying? I sort I mean, of cut you off. <laughs> no, I mean effectively just good trilogy. I think really like. It's solid. It keeps to the same theme. I like the dark aesthetic of it. I think all in all, in my opinion, it's it's a phenomenal trilogy. Um, mm. But obviously, definitely still room for improvement, as mentioned. But apart from that, it's it's up there with my one of my favorite trilogies. What about you? I um yeah I I revisit it a lot. It's of like <laughs> comic book trilogies. It's probably my favorite. Behind, I think like, I don't know. It's um, behind stuff like uh, Captain America. I think that's a solid yeah. trilogy as well. Yeah. 
Um, that's because Marvel can actually see. See that that's that's again the problem, right? The best DC films that we've had was done by one director who made it feel like his own film. The best Marvel yeah. films are good because the whole studio constantly pumps them out in the same style and feel. Like, but at the same time, <laughs> so the 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 unique, I think yeah. two of the best trilogies, or will be when it's when the third one's released. Two of the best trilogies in Marvel were handled by the same guy. John Watts was the sole director of the Spider-Man trilogy and James Gunn was the sole director of the Guardians trilogy. And the Russo brothers did two-thirds of the Captain America stuff and those are like two of the stronger movies in that. So I I think Marvel are getting better at consistent... Say that again? No, 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 sorry, I cut you off. Continue. I just I think Marvel are getting better at having one consistent director take a character yeah. and sort of do their own it thing with difference. it. But exactly, and I think what's good about Marvel is I think I'm hoping that they're starting to lean towards <laughs> this, where you can have different directors take these characters and be in charge of those characters and develop those characters, and then have other directors come in and figure out how to take those pieces and fit them together, because that's mm-hmm. how Phase One worked. And they've had to sort of relearn that rule as they try and figure out how to make characters yeah. like Captain America and Thor better received by the public. Because the first two films they did, the first Thor movie and the first Captain America movie, weren't that well regarded. Yeah. So they've had to go back and sort of figure out how do we make people like this? With Captain but America, then... it was just make him a fucking tank. And with Thor, <laughs> it was make him just like a funny bro guy. And yeah. now that they figured that out, they just kept doing it. So uh... out so much, and th- again, the problem, like the other thing that Marvel is now struggling to do, that I guess DC has kind of had a lot more experience in to an extent. I don't think they've done it well in the slightest. Don't get me wrong. I think they've been terrible <laughs> at it. But like Marvel now, rather than just focusing the films being connected to other, they've actually now got to think about six-part series that they've started that then have to constitute into each other. So really, like, there's so many, there's so much more mm. moving parts into this whole universe. Although I think. That I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there because I think Marvel are more on top of that than DC because DC I think I think DC have had more experience in the TV department. They've got fucking, that's what I meant. I, did, I, I didn't mean they have a lot of like yeah because they've had lots of HBO Max stuff like Titans and Doom yeah, Patrol. Smallville. You know the Smallville. You know the 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 Arrowverse stuff and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. But I think the problem shows. that yeah, I think the the problem that DC have now is I I saw this is again I suppose this is a tease for next week because we can talk about how well this paid <laughs> off. But Matt Reeves has talked about how like oh he he's not sure how he would tackle other superheroes existing in his universe. He wants to focus on Batman and that okay. overall Gotham universe. But here's here's the thing, I. I think Batman is at his best where he's, he's one of two things. One, the head of a Bat family solving crimes in Gotham. Yeah. And yeah. two, the leader of the Justice League. And, and it's here's a funny thing. Seen. We've got neither of those things in fucking yeah. cinema. Like, we've got him kind of as the leader of the Justice, Justice League, League in, in Justice League, right? Feels more like but Wonder Woman, doesn't it? In the weed and cut, it's more Wonder Woman. He is much more of a leader in Snyder's cut, I think. Mm. But he's also putting the team together. So they're, they're, 
they don't really rally until the very end. I was looking forward to a Justice League movie where you see him, Wonder Woman, and Superman as the Trinity who are there sort of making, calling the shots, making the decisions, working together, and him proving, okay, this is why I'm on the Justice League. But now, whatever happened because of the Snyderverse and because of the backlash to Justice League and all Mm. that shit, the dust has settled where Batman seems to be now removed from the universe entirely. He's his own separate guy. And the version of Batman we're going to get in the main DC universe is Keaton, who's too old to be Batman. Not too old to be Batman, but he's not going to be... He's not He's not in his prime. He's not going to be able to do the Batman shit. He's not going to be like on the streets well, fucking kicking ass and all that crap. He's most likely going to be just like an older mentor figure. You can understand the mentality behind that, though, because they've had, what, say from... When they started in 1949, even earlier, actually 1943, I think was the first one, a guy named Lewis something. Like, from 1943 up until, what, say, BVS Justice League, they constantly yeah. just did Batman. They've tried to incorporate the odd Robin and the odd Batgirl, but it's never properly worked apart from... Um, okay, Keen worked a little bit, but then obviously Bale and, like, obviously Nolan's universe. So I, mm. I can understand them taking, like, a step back from actually having a new Batman, a new Batman universe, and just making it as... He's, like, the head, but he's, like, the wise old guru, and then exploring True, the different but um, family connections. At the same Batman. time, it's, like... He's been... Batman... I, I, I think Batman was established in 1939 and Robin was established in like 1941. So for almost his entire existence as a character, he's had a sidekick. He's had someone he's trained. He's Mm. had someone he's mentored. And then he's been in the Justice League since around the 60s, 70s, I think, when they, they they rebooted it from the Justice Society and created the Justice League. And even then... They were like, well, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, they're our big characters. We can't have them on the Justice League. So I think if you look at the cover of the first Justice League, I think Wonder Woman's on there, but Batman and Superman aren't. They're not included. They got added later. Kind of how like Captain America wasn't in the first Avengers comic. He was added later. Yeah. And then when he yeah. added, Hulk left the team or something. Um, <laughs> Even though. <laughs> yeah, but like the, the Trinity has been a thing for decades. And they have been in charge of the Justice League for decades. And there are dozens of stories um, where Batman has had to prove why he's on the team. Not like they've gone, right, Batman, you need to do some tests. We need to figure out why we keep you around. But there's stories where writers have come on and the challenge has been, right, you're on a team of gods. Why is Batman important? And you've, it's gotten kind of ridiculous now where Batman's just overprepared for anything. But that is part of the reason. He's like, he's a genius. He's incredibly, yeah. You know, he's a, he's a tactician. He's he's exactly. <laughs> he's a, he's a chemist. He knows most languages. He knows most forms of judicial. Uh, judi- fucking hell. Jiu-jitsu. I was trying to say jujitsu, but I'm not even. <laughs> I'm trying to say martial arts is what I mean. Like, <laughs> I mean, jujitsu isn't the only thing well. he knows. Yeah, well, yeah, like, that'd he's, be a bit, yeah. he's trained in everything because the idea is that he left when he was about eighteen. He went to university and then he left university. I, th- I don't even think he graduated. I think the idea is that he bailed quickly. Princeton, he some didn't. No, some sorry, versions in, in he Batman stayed. Begins, he didn't stay. But yeah, he he quit. But I, I think some versions he stays, gets his degree, then fucks off, and he, in other versions he, he leaves halfway through. 
but he travels the world, he trains and everything, he learns as much as possible about criminals, he dedicates his entire life to becoming just the smartest man on the planet. So he is overprepared, and all of that, he is the most trained, most experienced member of the Justice League. Superman never had to train. He just has his powers. He's had to learn how to use them, but he's not had to like train fighting because he's super strong. Wonder Woman's done training, which is why she's a hand-to-hand combatant, but she knows nothing about the modern world. Batman does. Mm. Batman knows chemistry, knows physics, knows people, knows uh, the culture. Even then, she she has like a lot of extra perks. I mean, she's like, she's got a well, like, She's super quick, super strong. Yeah, but like she she's. They've made them. They they've changed it up in um, over the years because originally when she comes to man's world, it's in the modern time. So like when they did it in New Fifty Two, two thousand eleven was the first time where she came to uh, where she came to man's world. Yeah. Whereas in the film, she's been around for about a hundred years. So she she's a lot more on Batman's level, kind of above him really, in the Snyderverse Justice because she's yeah. she's a she's more trained. She's smarter. She's more on his level, more of an equal making Superman kind of the more naive one of the two. A dynamic I'd have liked to have seen, but whatever, we'll never get to see it. <laughs> and this is the thing, we're going to have a Batman in his own franchise where he's on his own, and we're going to have an older Batman that probably will have nothing to do with the, with the Justice League. He'll probably pass the mantle on to Batgirl, and Batgirl will become the Batman of that universe. Which means we'll have two ongoing DC universes in cinema, and neither of them will portray Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman all working together as a team. And that's the shit I want to see. And I think Nolan's movies, to cycle back round, I think this trilogy is the strongest DC trilogy we've had ever. I mean, it's one of, like, what, three, technically, that we've had, but it's really the only one we've had from DC. It's, um, you know, it's... It's Nolan's version of Batman. It's Batman Begins borders the lines of like supernatural and extraterrestrial elements with that magic flower and the fear toxin. <laughs> and then by the time yeah. you get to the Dark Knight, it's no, Gotham isn't this gothic city, it's Chicago. Batman's yeah. a ninja detective. We're doing away with all the stupid Batman stuff and we're, ground, we're, we're grounding it right down to reality. <laughs> And I'm worried we're going to get the same repeating shit in Matt Reeves' films where it's a grounded Batman. He's the only superhero. There's no extraterrestrial. There's no Mr. Freeze. There's no Clayface. There's none of that shit. It's just a ninja guy who can solve crimes. And I was so, so looking forward to a Batman who was working with the Justice League. And I'm annoyed we might not get to see that in live action anymore. So that well, that's that's my thoughts on Nolan is that that trilogy, because it's so good, has now kind of sank the idea that Batman could be anything other than a solo act, and that pisses yeah. me off. So yeah. fuck you, Nolan. That's my thoughts. <laughs> fuck Nolan for essentially shitting on my Justice League fantasies because they just don't fit in. They just they, they won't even fit. put him in the Arrowverse. They keep referencing him, but I think they've killed him off. I think Batman's dead Wait, in the they... Arrowverse. But is it it's, so in the Arrowverse? Is oh Batman not Christian Bale's Batman? It's not Christian Bale's Batman. Although they did, there was like 
the the logo they use for for Wayne en- Enterprises or Wayne Industries, whatever it is in that universe, it's the logo from the Nolan verse. Oh, <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? It would be fucking. It would be fucking hilarious if um, <laughs> if just they managed to pay and they're like, look, Christopher Nolan, we'll give you two billion. We'll we'll give you all the money we have if you can just turn up and pretend to be Batman again. Give our universe some credibility again, please. Christopher Nolan. Did I say Christopher Nolan? I meant to say Christian Bale. Oh, yeah, you said. Are you okay, man? Did I said Christopher you, Nolan this, play. You yeah, Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Of, Christopher Nolan should Batman. play Batman. <laughs> That'd be even better. That'd be hilarious. Yes, I think. Um, I actually, I want to do an episode of this podcast where we talk about all the Batman shows that don't have Batman. Oh, like We're up to five. Mm-hmm. They're making a sixth. Um, Which one's the sixth? Uh, well, we have Titans. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We have Birds of Prey, <laughs> Gotham, yeah. Batwoman, uh, um, and Gotham, Batwoman, Birds of Prey. There's another one. I'm blanking. There is. There is definitely another one. Gotham, Birds of Prey, Batwoman, Titans. Fuck. Give me a minute. Pennyworth. There we go. You got Gotham, Titans, Pennyworth, Batwoman, and Birds of Prey. Those five shows all involve Batman characters. They focus on Gotham and supporting gotham characters and they always tease batman and the inevitability of batman but you never get batman there's no batman i'd love to do an episode i'd love to do an episode where we break all those shows down and maybe by then the gotham night show that they're making will be released and that's set in the hourverse where apparently um one of the members of the bat family investigate the death of bruce wayne because they're killing him off Okay. Which means, even in the Arrowverse, we won't get to see Superman and Batman team That'd be interesting, though. It would be an interesting concept to see. But It would yeah, be an interesting you know, concept the if they weren't already so. making a fucking video game about it. And the video game <laughs> is actually allowed to use characters like Barbara Gordon and Tim Drake and Dick Grayson. The <laughs> yeah. TV show is using Blue Jay or something. Is there, like, running water in the background? Can you still hear it? Yeah. Sounds like a blender. There's nothing. There's nothing. That's Sounds like a... <laughs> There's nothing. There's nothing. But, I mean, to be fair, this is, like, the end of the podcast anyway, so hopefully it will Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Too bad. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's that's my thoughts on, on Batman. I think this trilogy is fantastic. I think it's... it's um, it's a masterclass of cinema, but I also think it's kind of responsible for the state of DC movies. I think because it's been so good, it's lingered as a shadow over the entirety of DC and affected how these movies have been made ever since, which but is a shame. I th- yeah, I think you look at Mar- Marvel, were never in the shadow of like the Spider-Man movies. All no. the excellent movies. Well, they mean, just kind of carved like, their own path. That's like comparing like a Lamborghini and a fucking Toyota Yaris. Do you know what I mean? Like- yeah, I, I know. Like the Dark Knight movies are better, but at the same time, when when Marvel created their cinematic universe, they were doing it off the back of a lot of their biggest characters already being adapted. 
DC yeah. when they started their established universe, it was like a year after the Nolan trilogy ended. So they still weren't yeah. sure if are we gonna tie it together? Are we gonna use that Batman? Are we gonna cast someone else? Yeah. And then when they cast someone else, they were like, Oh, but but we should still that was successful because it's dark, so we should still make this dark, right? Yeah. What's the darkest yeah, DC boy. movie we can make? Suicide Squad. Oh, oh fuck, <laughs> people didn't like how dark we made the last movie. Shit. Make Suicide Squad goofy and funny. Oh, fuck, people didn't like that either. Shit, what do we do? Um, make Justice League really funny and goofy. Second times, it's, oh, fuck, people didn't like that. Oh, fuck, people are calling us racist. What do we do? Fire all the black people. Fire the black director of Flash. Get rid of him. We'll just double down. If we commit to the racism, they, they can't call us out on it. Fuck, fuck, it's all come out. Oh, no, what do we do? Shit, uh, fire Ray Fisher from the Flash movie. Just keep doing it. Just keep oh. doing racist shit. <laughs> been DC for the last five years. and You know what? Next year is the 10-year anniversary of Man of Steel. Do you think they'll celebrate it? I hope they do. I hope they do by bringing Henry Cavill back. That would be nice. I think what they'll do, they'll do what they did on his birthday last year where they announced his replacement. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you remember that? Yeah. Happy birthday, Henry Cavill. We're going to hire a black Superman to play Valzard. That's not even going ahead now, is it? Well, no, there was two separate separate projects. There was a black Clark Kent, which I thought was was an awful idea. Because it's like... Because it, it feels too gimmick. It, it's like they're going, yeah. yeah the only the thing that makes this story different is that he's black. It's like, wow, yeah. that's missing the point entirely. He's and then they announced that they're the doing <laughs> exactly now. Then they announced that they were doing a Valzard miniseries on HBO Max. And as far as everything's aware, that is still going ahead. Although since that got announced, nothing has been said about the Black Clark, Clark Kent story. I reckon that'll get tanked. And the Valzard one will get made. And I think the reason there's been no updates is because they're currently trying to figure out if the Valzard Superman is going to be set in the Matt Reeves universe or if it's going to be set in the main DC universe and he'll become the main Superman. Yeah. I want oh, it to be I'd the Reeves universe. Cavill. I'd miss Henry Cavill. I'd miss Henry Cavill too. That's I why I want it to be. I, I want Valzard because I love Valzard's character. So I want him in the Reeves universe because that doesn't have an established Superman. The yeah. main DC universe that we've got, like the one that's been going for almost 10 years, I think it would be a shame if on the 10-year anniversary, like, hey, the guy that started it all off has been replaced by some other guy. That's how we're going to celebrate. You know how Marvel did their big celebration and they, did, they got all the actors back and they did a big movie? Yeah, fuck that. We're actually, we're just going to film ourselves going to Henry Cavill's house and pissing on his dog. That's how we're celebrating <laughs> so it at DC. That's so funny. Fuck Henry just Cavill. Him, just following him around, calling him a nerd for like... <laughs> <laughs> Break into his house and smash up his gaming PC. <laughs> Piss all over his Warhammer figures. But... <laughs> oh. Right, so, uh, that basically wraps up our thoughts on... Um, on Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Yeah. Uh, are you excited for the Batman next week? I'm so excited for the Batman next week. I'm excited to see Penguin and the Riddler. Because um, two villains that I haven't seen modern, which, like, modern day. Like, yeah. not modern day, but, like, in a new film. I'm extremely excited for I'm excited to see the Riddler, I'm... how they do him. Yeah. See, I, I am excited, but 
I don't know. I'll 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 get into it next week. I because I I'm excited, but I'm also like everything that's going to be in this movie I've already seen in some fashion. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be the best version of it that I've seen. I think this I think this is a strong contender to be my favorite Batman movie. So, and I I personally think it will it will beat The Dark Knight as the best Batman film. Oh, I I I think I'd I think I'd agree with you on that. I've got very high hopes for this. I've got extremely high hopes for this. I think it will be good, but at the same time, I've I, as much as I am excited, part of me is like I have seen this before, you know. So part of me is like, here's the thing. I, I I'm like. I'm like more excited for the sequel because it will get a sequel. I'm more excited for the sequel than I am this film because I'm like the sequel will probably do stuff we've not seen before. Yeah. What unless what the sequel's think... like what do I think the sequel will be? No, 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 cuz we're saving this for next week. Yeah. No, yeah, no we'll point. get into that next week. There's no, there's no point there's no point guessing now when we've not seen it. But yeah, we'll we'll tune in next week and we'll uh We'll talk about we'll the tune Batman. in next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll tune. We'll tune in next. We're going to hire two other people to record it, and we will listen to them. And then the week after that, that's when we'll talk about the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That'd be so funny. We'll be like the two old guys from Sesame Street. <laughs> just watching. Yeah. Oh, what are they called? Oh. I can't remember. Anyway, I just anyway, know them as anyway, the two old guys. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> right, so uh, yeah, follow follow the podcast on social medias, uh, like you do, Louis. You follow the podcast. What are the social media pages? I think you've got a Facebook page. Um, yeah, you have an Instagram page, and you've got a Twitter feed. But sadly, and I don't what 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 are, what are the yeah. handles for for at for the podcast? Kate, for, at Kateverse. At Kateverse Pod. Think. Ah, I think. can't remember. I, I don't know. I, I was close. One sec. One sec. Instagram. <laughs> I, I follow the. I follow the. This one. You follow that one. The other two? No. No. You don't. You don't follow. I don't <laughs> but, follow all of them. Ah, uh, but see, this is really mistaken. I genuinely can't for the. Um, Cape verse pod. That's because you don't have Twitter, do you? It's Cape. Un- no, it's Cape underscore verse. Yes. And sometimes because... we post news on there when I remember to do it. I'm going to take that again. Uh, tune in. No, I got distracted. <laughs> tune in next week. We'll be talking about the Batman. Uh, follow uh, Kate first. Just wherever. Just Google it. Uh, if you end up following a band, um, that's not us. <laughs> but if you give them a follow. Who cares? Who actually cares? <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. Um, and yeah, listen to us next week when we talk about probably it probably will be the best Batman film ever. We're going to come to next though. week and we're going to hate it. We're going to say it's the quick, worst. Quick film prediction: ever. what what do you think is going to happen? And then we'll end the podcast. Because well, that's what I think is going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? The thing I genuinely don't know enough about the storyline to even make a guess. Make a, a wild guess. What do you oh, okay. think is going to happen in this All film? Right. So I think. There's going to be an argument. But I reckon the Cobblepots are going to have like a deep feud with Wayne. I reckon Wayne boy, you know Wayne. Um, and then <laughs> Penguin Wayne is going to, come, <laughs> going to come and try and like go against Bruce Wayne's money, take him out some way. Uh, and then Riddler is going to come in and uh, uh, 
become Robin. That's that's what I think. Riddler is going to become. Wow, Robin. wow! That's, of that's, all that's the things you could have said, become. <laughs> well, well, you heard it here. We'll we'll see. We'll see if that load of shit will uh, <laughs> will be proven true. So yeah, yeah it's better than Just uh, means <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> very true. Very true. But then that's not how I've taken shits that are better than Joss Whedon's Justice League. <laughs> nice. All right. So yeah, see you next week, people. Bye.